Salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, The John Campia Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good things. PSA from Rayora, watch them boobs, they might knock you out. Joining us here today, little pre-show inside joke. <laughs> Sitting over here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett is here today. Rob, how you doing? Oh boy, uh, you know, Wednesday is surprise day, and it certainly is. And wow. sitting, sitting next to Robert, Chris Carr is back here today. Chris, how you doing? What happened when I wasn't here? You, what? Were you not here? What? No, yesterday I, I, oh, I yes. missed one day, and I come back to work today, and it's just Look at Rob's boobs face. McGee. When you mentioned boobs, Rob. <laughs> I get so smiley. <laughs> it brings such joy to his face. Look at him. I like boobs. It's like when you say Santa around a kid. He's All just boobs. like, oh. <laughs> Sitting over there, of course, joining you guys in the live chat today, Ray Orris here. Ray, how you doing? Hey, man. <laughs> By the way, you, you totally would have to have context to what yeah. that was all about, so yeah. don't worry about it. And, of course, uh, running the show today, producer Jonathan Boyko. I got to be honest. Even I'm a little lost and I'm in the room. <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys happy wednesday we're glad you're joining us here today we got a lot of stuff to talk about and we're glad that you're here to do it with us here's how today's show is going to go we're going to start off by in the Can first half of the show by, yeah who knows where this is going to go now we're already off the rails yeah, just break out the crack it open hats, ryan oh. crack it open. Um, uh, what are we going to do today oh yeah we're going to start off the first half of the show we're going to start with some predetermined topics then in the second half of the show we're going to take your live comments and questions. How does that happen? Well, number one, you got to be watching the show live. And number two, when we get to the end of our main topics today, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats, and that's your guys' cue to fire in those thoughts, opinions, theories, questions, whatever, and we will read those off in the second half of the show. Try to be ready to have those ready to go, though, because we only leave the Super Chats open for a couple of minutes. All right, guys. We got a lot to cover here today, so let's. <laughs> so let's, you know, half the people might not even be watching because they all stayed up for that masterpiece, right? Oh well, we'll talk about. Oh my God, don't. All right, I'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, we're going to start with an off the top, and that one is this. Now, uh, one of uh, listen, I'll, I'll say it. One of my favorite actors, the last bunch of years that I've been in this business, one of, I'm not top five actor or anything, but one of the, the actors I've really enjoyed their work was Army Hammer. Mm. Uh, I've had a chance to meet and talk with Army Hammer a number of times. Right, right. He was so, yeah, I've, I've got a picture of him and me. And then I, after everything kind of came up, put, I, I put up the picture of him and I said, what? Now that I think about it, he kind of looks at me like I'm delicious. But it's kind of drooling. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of uh, <laughs> drool going on there. But, you know, uh, social network. He was oh. amazing mm -hmm. in that so good. Man from Uncle with Henry Cavill. Him and Henry Cavill were fantastic together. And then a whole bunch of really dark, very unfortunate allegations started to come out about him, all that kind of stuff. Well, of course, being the society and the culture we live in, there's a documentary coming out about it now called The House of Hammer. Uh, IndieWire is reporting. <laughs> Ray, Ray thinks that is the I'm funniest sorry. thing he's ever this is heard. The first I've heard of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The name it. of the documentary is The House of Hammer, which, yes, of course, that, that could mean a lot of different things. But it's called The House of Hammer. That's basically looks at 
all the allegations, things that came forward about Army Hammer actually talking to the women involved. And it goes deeper than it goes into that. I mean, at least the trailer implies that there's a dark history with the whole family. Now, I have not seen it. I've only watched this almost four minute long trailer. It's, I mean, it's a long, long trailer. Mm. But, you know, I'm watching this stuff. And we were talking about this a bit beforehand because as the women in question start reading off a lot of the stuff that Army Hammer would say, at first, to me, who is as vanilla boring <laughs> dude as it gets, at first to me, I'm listening to him like, okay, so he's into kinky stuff. I mean, it's kink, right? But that was just laying the foundation. As they kept going more and more into it, and you realize there's an escalation in how dark it's getting, and then they start talking about what he actually physically would do to them mm. and, and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, my God. And then once one person came forward, a whole bunch of people started coming forward, and then even members of their own family, even the members of the Hammer family coming forward and saying, no, we, we've got a messed up family, and, and here's where it comes from. I... Listen, I, I am not a TMZ guy. I don't care about, you know, off-camera antics unless it directly affects the movies that we're watching. This does happen to be a movie that's coming to Discovery. Um, and I got to say, as a guy who has been a fan of Army Hammer for a long time, it's it, it's it's disturbing. And I am I got to say, though, at first when I saw the length of the trailer, I thought, well, that's bad. Like, if you know how to make a trailer, you don't need it to be that long. But when the trailer ended, I'm like, I feel oddly compelled to watch this. Mm -hmm. I know, Chris, you had a chance to see the trailer this morning. What do you think of it? Oh, my gosh, it looks so disturbing. And like you were saying, it just does start off as something of this is somebody who's into a specific kind of kink. He is addressing that with his partners. This seems to be something that everyone's consenting to. And then it escalates from there and becomes talking about so much control and violence monitoring the meals his partners would eat, wow. the very, very violent texts he would send about getting violent and eating them and consuming <laughs> them in a very non-sexual cannibalistic way. Uh, it's super, super disturbing. I am wondering why all of the talking heads look like they're from Love is Blind. Like it looks <laughs> like they're on that same set with different lighting and that kind of takes me out of it. I, I agree. I thought that was a bad choice. Yeah. You know what? That the choice of just the background. I, I mean, yeah. this is a minutiae. This thing, is very, very nitpicky. But I'm watching it, and so I thought, oh, this is mockumentary. This is like, but it, no, no, they, it actually, it, it would have been better if they were talking to them in a living room or something like that. Exactly. But it, whatever, that's it just feels, choice. It feels very reality television talking yes. head at first. But then as everything escalates, I mean, that is so secondary to the actual atrocities you're hearing about. It's going to be a hard watch. It's going to be very, very disturbing. But like you're saying, it's a very compelling trailer about a really, really dark, dark history. Rob, you saw the trailer. I mean, listen, I, I admit, I really don't know anything. I've heard whispers about, well, you know, the Army, the Hammer family background, but I don't actually know anything about it. So this has piqued my interest a bit. What did you think about the trailer? You know, it depressed me just watching it. I, I, I mean, like you, I was a big Army Hammer fan. I really saw him for the first time where I, I wanted to know who he was in the social network because I love that movie. And then his Oscar nomination turn in Call Me By Your Name, and, which yeah. he was incredible in. Incredible in and 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 all this. And and first of all, he's impossibly handsome. He's from an incredibly wealthy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's just kind of ridiculous. from an incredibly wealthy American family. I'm like, you could do anything, dude. You know, you, you could do anything you want. Maybe that's the problem. You know, mm, he, he yeah. felt that kind of empowerment. And I, you know, I look at it and it just, it just, it just bums me out. You know, like you're rich, you're handsome and you want to eat people like I would say one it's of those things is not like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, 
I, I, Sounds like there's so much more you could be doing. <laughs> so if he was poor, we'd let that slide, Rob. Or if he was like not as attractive, he'd be like, "You can eat people. That's fine. Uh, those can be cannibals. What? What's going on here?" I, 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 those what I looks. meant was is that is that he he had the power to do so much with the world. Okay. You yeah. Know? All right. He, he could reach out. He could become. He could produce movies. He could be a philanthropist. He could, you know, build latrines in Costa Rica like we used to do in high school. You know, when you'd be one of the amigos. You know, in the summer. Never, never, whatever. But he could do that, and he could help people. But he didn't. He it it will be that. interesting because you know the trailer ends with a Hammer family member saying, "I'm going to discuss like and reveal all the stuff." It's like, okay, well, you hooked me. I and and maybe maybe I feel a little bit bad about myself. That, uh, that you know what me. You know, you're not wrong. Yeah. You know what that, I mean? Yeah. I, 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 when that trailer's over, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to see that. And I'm a horrible person. <laughs> like, why should I want? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's it, horror and true crime. It has, kind of yeah. bridges that same gap of I'm experiencing fear and absolute disgusting horror in a safe environment where I'm removed from it, but I get to watch it. And it has both schadenfreude feelings of it, but it also makes you explore a darkness of humanity without having mm. to actually be down in the trenches with it. Anyway, guys, question is for you. Have you had a chance to see the trailer for The House of Hammer? If so, what did you think about it? Whatever your guys' thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into another off the top here, and that one is this. You know, in the wake of one movie, <laughs> Batgirl, uh, that got canceled and whatever because you know WB came out and said we didn't believe in the film. We were rolling to put out films we believe in. We're not going to put out films we don't believe in. Blah blah. Everybody lost their mind, believing that everything was going to get canceled. But you can kind of forgive that a little bit because the axe of Zaslav has been sharp, and it's it swift. has been swift. I mean, thank God they killed. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of projects they killed where it's like thank God they killed that and all that kind of stuff. But the back when the Batgirl went though, people started wondering. Well. Is Peacemaker going to get axed? And James Gunn's like, relax, everybody, Peacemaker's fine. Is this going to get axed? Everything's going to get axed and all that kind of stuff. But one of the big things that people were wondering about, understandably, was Blue Beetle. What's the status of Blue Beetle? And, you know, Rob, you and I kind of speculate, because we didn't have any official information, but we speculate that, guys, we thought Blue Beetle was totally safe because, you know, to them, to them, I haven't seen Batgirl, but to them, Batgirl was not good enough to put out. But they clearly like Blue Beetle because they already months ago promoted Blue Beetle from being a direct to HBO Max thing to a actual theatrical release. So you and I kind of speculate with we kind of feel this one's probably pretty damn safe. They've already given it a vote of confidence. Well, now, according to reports coming out, particularly by The Hollywood Reporter and others, they Warner Brothers has completely assured everybody that Blue Beetle is number one, a okay. So is everything by James Gunn. This is what was said in the Hollywood Reporter. They said some key collaborators uh, have reached, have been. Let me try this again. Some key collaborators with Warner Brothers have received assurances that their projects are absolutely safe. The Suicide Squad filmmaker James Gunn has multiple projects in development at DC, including season two of Peacemaker, which is moving forward. Insiders also say that Blue Beetle filmmakers have been assured with, I've always mispronounced his last name, you got to forgive me, uh, Zolo uh, Mari Duena of DC's latest superhero top line movie, uh, Blue Beetle, is on track for an August 2023 release. So that one year from now, one year from now. So. With all the worry that came out initially that, oh, my God, they're going to start canceling everything. Uh, it seems like they're taking some 
tangible steps to come and say, no, 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 no. We like these movies. These movies are coming out and they're kind of propping those up. Rob, so it sounds now like Warner Brothers is definitively saying, yeah, yeah, Blue Beetle's totally safe. It's coming out one year from now. Are you surprised to hear that? Is it reassuring to hear that? And where's your anticipation level like for this movie right now? It's not surprising because it was supposed to be like a direct to HBO Max film and then they promoted it. So it's the uh, reverse of what happened with Batgirl and that they've seen the film. It's strong enough to be a theatrical release. So, I mean, that's reassuring. And um, I, I, you know, (laughs) I would think that that even Blue Beetle is a character that not as many people would know or be as attracted to as a Batgirl movie. So it means it's even that much better. So I'm glad. I'm glad to hear about this. I'm, I'm glad that they're there. I've always liked Blue Beetle when he was Ted Cord and this new iteration of Blue Beetle. I like the character. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited. I, I, I actually I never thought I'd be excited for a Blue Beetle movie without like Booster Gold. But hey, right. here we yeah. are. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. And for a long time, like we're going back years now, but years ago, there was a lot of buzz that they were the old regime at Warner Brothers. They were really looking at a Booster Gold Blue Beetle yeah. movie. Nathan and, Fillion and Alan Tudyuk. Doing oh, my it, God. That would have been, been super fun. Oh, so fun. Now, of course, that one died on the vine a yeah. long, 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 long time ago. But still, anyway, Chris, you're hearing this report. What stands out to you? I think that it's great that they believe in this film so much. That makes me really, really excited about this, especially because Jaime is a character who really did come front and center once Young Justice or not uh, Justice League Unlimited and Young Justice brought it up. Young Justice, Jaime's at the center of this very, very big story with the Scarab and all these different aliens coming into play. and that's how I mostly knew about him, because Ted is the one that I was familiar with yeah, as well. Yeah, Ted Cord. And Jaime's a super, super interesting character. It always makes me think of you, Ray, with how you love Nova and everything, and these younger characters who kind of have to just, like, deal with the burden of responsibility and great power. And I think that's going that's to appeal to a lot of... I mean, that's Ray in a, yeah. in a nutshell right there. The burden of responsibility <laughs> The burden of responsibility and, and being eternally youthful. <laughs> Look, uh, the Injustice game, Blue Be- Beetle... I was telling the chat, had some really cool moves. If yeah. any of those show up on screen, I'm so down. I'm- All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Have you been looking forward to the Blue Beetle? I mean, Blue Beetle's not one of the most well-known of the DC characters, but it's got to be a vote of confidence knowing that the studio's like, yeah, we're killing movies that we don't think are good, but we really do like this one. Do you feel better about that? Maybe you think it's still on shaky ground. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts okay guys with that down we're going to take a second here and thank one of the sponsors of today's show kid you not they're responsible for the single most comfortable and best night sleeps i have ever had in my life the good folks over at helix guys we want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this video Helix Sleep. Guys, let me tell you, just a couple of days ago, Ann and I received our Helix mattress, and it is the best mattress we have ever slept on in our entire lives. We had like this $3,000 specialized mattress that we got like five, six years ago, and we liked it very much, but this one completely outdoes it. It's night and day. And you can get matched with your perfect mattress too. See, Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just like a minute to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way that you sleep. I hopped online, took the Helix quiz, and Anna and I were matched with the perfect mattress for us. And it is so easy to set up. Simply take it out of the box, get it positioned on your mattress, take off the plastic, and then give it an hour or two to breathe to reach its full size, and you will not believe how comfortable this thing is. All you gotta do is go to helixsleep.com slash campia. 
take their 60-second sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And it's risk-free. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. And here's the best part. Helix is offering up to $200 off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Helix for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Hey guys, all of our sponsors today and the promo codes can be found down in the description of this video. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us on the show. So thank you again for supporting them. All right, guys, with that down, let's do one more off the top. And that is this. Ah, the ever, never, never ending saga of Ezra Miller. Uh, of course, we talked yesterday about yet he was in the news again for all the wrong reasons. Granted, this one was significantly more tame than some of the previous things that have come out. He stole some bottles of wine, but still apparently breaking into people's houses and doing it. But again, on the scale of all the stuff that we've had to talk about Ezra Miller, that is one of the more tame ones. But in a report in The Hollywood Reporter, um, one of these things that's like it was buried in paragraph seven, line five, a little piece of information came out that a lot of people are finding quite interesting. And that was this was basically they're saying that Ezra Miller did some reshoots on Flash. And what they're saying was this summer, they're saying this would mean in just in the last couple of months, he did some reshoots. Now, this is what it said in The Hollywood Reporter. It said this. Work has kept up on The Flash, which has been testing well. Uh, Miller, which is, of course, what we've all been hearing. He's been testing well. Miller participated in regularly scheduled additional photography over the summer, apparently without incident, before being uh, charged with burglary, their third arrest this year on, on August 7th in Vermont. Still, neither DC nor Zaslav has indicated that the film will move from its June 2023 release date, though insiders say that the studio is evaluating all options. This comes to us from, again, from The Hollywood Reporter. Okay, so one of the things that was pointed out in the story was that this was a, let me get it right, regularly scheduled additional photography thing. So apparently this has been scheduled for a while, that they had, this was always playing. Now, of course, we know ever since Marvel became really big, what has become kind of standard for these big mega blockbuster films is that in the olden days, you shoot your movie, and if something was wrong, then you had to panic and plan reshoots, right? Kevin Feige changed all that by saying, you know what? We're just going to schedule reshoots before we even start shooting the movie because we know we're going to have better ideas or something's going to come up or whatever. So they started doing that, and then a lot of other studios started following suit with their bigger blockbuster films. So according to this report, it was a regularly scheduled additional photography that they had to do some pickup shots on. And so they got Ezra Miller in. This tells me a couple of things. One, yeah, make no mistake, Warner Brothers is releasing this movie. Yeah. Like I mean, th th if there was ever any doubt, even with Warner Brothers themselves saying, we are releasing this movie, if that was left any doubt, the fact that they just, they continued on and they did go ahead with their pickup shooting, that should put any doubt of that to rest. This movie is going to get released in theaters. Now, some <laughs> Chris is dubious about this. I now somebody wrote to me on Twitter and says, "Well, does this mean they're not going to fire Ezra because they're clearly still willing to work with them?" No, 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 no. Don't no. Don't misinterpret them saying, "Hey, we've got our two hundred million dollar investment, and you are under contract." 
to do these pickup shots. So you get your ass here or we'll sue you to oblivion and you won't get a single dime of this movie. That's what that told me. It does not tell me they're still willing to work with Ezra Miller. It just tells me that, hey, we need this for our movie that you're already contractually obligated to. So get your ass over here and do it. Um, that's all that tells me because this article also went on to express that. Yeah. Everybody on Warner brothers is pretty much, yeah, it's done. What Ezra Miller will never work with Warner brothers again. Uh, once this movie is out. So yeah, to me, my biggest takeaway was the fact that, well, there's two actually one was that it's absolutely hundred percent. Now, no doubt this movie's coming out. Sorry, Chris. Uh, 100% this movie's coming out. How do you know they weren't filming it for the first time? Yeah. I mean, that's right. The, this additional photography additional is just getting in front of cameras nice now. Just starting. Just started. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, though, is I'm surprised they're doing these pickup shots this late. Now, I assume that when they bumped the dates for the movie, they also bumped the reshoot dates. Uh, just to give them more of a cushion, I assume. But I got to admit, like, I was a bit surprised to see that they were still doing some pickups this late into it, even though the movie doesn't come out for another year. But anyway, Rob, you hear this report from them. I still think there's a possibility Hollywood Reporter misunderstood. Maybe the reshoots were... Because I'm not seeing anybody else confirm this. So maybe they just got the dates wrong and it was last summer that happened well, whatever let's go with what the report says what's your takeaway from it well i would think that you know we've heard a lot i keep going back to sonic 2 and how the, the executives at paramount didn't even know if it would make its release date because there's such a backup of visual effects work right and i i would imagine that with the flash and things changing dates and i think a lot of the changing dates had to do with that backup of effects work and it, it sort of alleviated the pressure on this movie so they're like, okay, you know what? These uh, reshoots, a lot of them, I, I would imagine, have to do with some kind of action scenes, visual effect shots, things that have to be put in the film. And they realize, okay, we can we can put these on hold right now. We don't need. There isn't there isn't the urgency. It, it, that's, I mean, I don't I don't know that for a fact. I'm just assuming, because then they realize, okay, the pressure's sort of off. We can wait. We have more time to do these effect shots, so we can reschedule the. The reshoots that's 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 kind of what it says to me i don't i don't think that there's anything nefarious about it i don't think that it has something to do with the quality of the movie i think it has something to do with the fact that you know they've got look what warner brothers has you've got black adam you've got shazam you've got aquaman you've got flash these are all very effects heavy films so i would assume it had something to do with that chris assuming this make-believe fairy tale movie existed <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what what stands out to you about the, I mean, is it the fact that that they're doing reshoots to Slade? Is it the fact that they brought Ezra in to do these reshoots? I don't know. What's your takeaway from it? Well, reshoots or shooting at all really just confirms for me that this is not a flash film. <laughs> I do not think he is going to be the focus. I don't think this is a Barry Allen story. I think Barry Allen's part of it, but I think they're going to shift the focus to a different character. And it would be wise to do that because we've got to rework who's playing the Flash and everything, right? I don't think we're going to have the Flash front and center in this. I think they're a catalyst towards things that are happening. And the reshoots make me just firmly believe we are getting Batman Flashpoint. I see. I <laughs> Now, I, by the way, I believe there's a very strong chance that this movie gets relabeled to yeah. Batman Flashpoint. There's a huge I possibility really of me do. eating crow. Yeah. I, I stand by this, but I love that I think it's fake. <laughs> but, <laughs> I do too. But... 
don't forget, like these reshoots were planned well in advance, like probably before there was ever any Ezra drama. So I, I don't know if that is, uh, indicates that they are moving towards Batman Flashpoint, they, although I do agree with you that they if will. If the reshoots truly happened this summer. Right. I think that it was a, we got to make some adjustments, y'all. If this happened last summer, like last year, then sure. Yeah, these were scheduled. This was planned. We needed to do some pickup shots. But I think this is also a little bit of housekeeping. Might be. Mm. Might be. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Do you think any additional reshoots at this point could be the fact that they need to start steering everything away from Ezra Miller? I don't know. What do you guys think? Jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here in the John Campus Show? Well, that's easy. You guys come up with them. See, whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe just maybe you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first one comes from Rowan Ackerland. Hi, John. I know you're a big fan of the Harley Quinn animated series. What are your thoughts on the recent news related to the possibility that season four of the show is already in the works according to the Entertainment Identifier Registry? Thanks, and I really enjoy your show. All right, thanks for sending that in. And yeah, listen, talking about things being confirmed and making you feel good that's still going i mean one of the other shows that of course is over at wb is is harley quinn and i love this show i thought the show was gonna be garbage i thought the trailers were bad had no interest and then i just fell in love with it and i love and season three has been absolutely dynamite well this is not warner brothers coming out and confirming it but it does look like season four is already fully charted out and they're getting ready to go on it. Uh, like this comes just from the folks on the screen, right? Despite no word yet uh, from Warner Brothers TV or HBO Max, it seems the streaming service may have given Harley Quinn season four a quiet renewal. Thanks to the Entertainment Identifier Registry, it appears that Harley Quinn season four has been given a go and is supposedly set to release in 2023. EIDR is what many media companies like Warner Brothers Discovery use to better keep up with their content and their properties that get released on different platforms such as HBO Max. While not confirmed by the studio, the EIDR also has the episode titles for Harley Quinn Season 4, which can be found below. And here are the Season 4 Harley Quinn episode titles. Season 4, Episode 1, Gotham's Hottest Hotties. Episode 2, B-I-D-C-H. And it's like B period ITC. I'm assuming that's an acronym for some organization. Uh, uh, icons only. Episode four, business conference without chlamydia. Episode five. <laughs> really like that one. Episode that one five. Uh, getting ice dick. Don't wait up. Uh, number six, metamorphosis. Number seven, uh, most culturally impactful film franchise. Episode eight, Il Buffon. Uh, episode nine, potato based cloning incident and number 10 killers block. So apparently we got it. Listen again. I don't want to get too excited. Don't want to get too ahead of myself, but this is a show that needs to go on for 20 years. <laughs> Every episode. I, it doesn't matter if I'm having a horrible, terrible, rotten, no good day. If I can sit down and pop on an episode of Harley Quinn, 
I know it's going to make me laugh. I know it's going to make me smile. And I know it's going to make my problems feel like they're not that big, really. I, I, there's just something magical that storytelling like this does, even as when it gets as ridiculous as this. It's good. This is a listen. They just had a massive banger orgy in the last one, but I don't care. This show is good for the soul because it just it Sounds makes your, like it. it makes your heart smile, man. I love it. I was really excited to hear about this. Chris, what do you think? Oh, it makes me so happy. I mean, just that image of Harley and Ivy together with our text up here is so cute and pure. Them on their little swing. <laughs> Freaking love them. They're so cute. Um, and I love when we have Harley stories without the Joker, with her in a relationship with him. It makes me so happy when she's in a healthier relationships. <laughs> um, this show is charming as all get out. The titles are hilarious. I'm hoping that, wait, uh, I'm getting ice dick, don't wait up, is Victor Freeze getting over Nora. Come on, Victor, go get you some. I'm excited. I think it has more to do with Richard with Dick Grayson, but uh, I mean, but you might be right. Ice Dick, though. Ice Dick. I'm getting Ice Dick. Yeah. Don't wait up. I don't know. <laughs> Rob, what do you think? I don't know if I should comment. No. Um, <laughs> I, no, I think that, as you know, John, um, animation takes a long time to make. And this would be a good time for me to mention that tonight at midnight on Netflix, Dota Dragon's Blood Season 3 drops. Oh! But um, having worked on that show and seen how animation is actually made, I did not realize how far out animation is in terms of getting made. Because when we would finish, I worked on the animatics for Dota, we would send them off to Korea, and it would be six months before we would see animation come back. So we were deep into production of this entire series for years. Yeah. And, and I think that when they know that they have an animated show that is going to go and like Harley, Harley Quinn is truly great. I mean, it's a great, great show. They know that they're going to make these. So what they they'll do is they have to write the scripts and they have to do the animatics and the design work. It takes a long time to make a great animated series. And if mm -hmm. they have something that they know is a hit, they, they green light these. It, it, when they say the studio said, well, it's a quiet green light. It really wasn't because internally they already knew. Yeah. They've already got the episode titles. They're already written. They're probably deep into animation, but they have to wait, you know, six months or a year to get all that stuff ready to go. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, the show's great. One of the unfortunate things about South Park is that probably a lot of people saw that making how, how they make an episode of South Park, right? They literally start on Monday and six days later de deliver an episode. So people think, oh, it doesn't take that long. Yeah, but no, but South Park is a very different situation very different. where it's a very different kind of animation. And mm -hmm. then like, it's a lot easier for them to make than stuff like this. But anyway, guys, question is for you. It sounds like Harley Quinn is already getting a season four, even though we're only a couple of episodes into season three, which makes my heart happy. What do you guys think about that? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. Before we move on, we're going to take another second to hear from another sponsor of today's show. I was just using this morning on my treadmill, the good folks over at Raycon. We want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Raycon. Now, guys, you've heard me talk about the fact that part of my morning routine is getting on my treadmill. And when I do, I always have my Raycon earbuds there to listen to my podcasts and YouTube videos. I go to them every morning. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. And the best part for me is that Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. That's half the price. And with premium features like noise isolation, awareness mode, and I personally love the earbud tap functions, it's perfect for when I'm on the treadmill. 
So guys, go to buyraycon.com slash campia today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash campia to get 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Raycon for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? This one comes from Xandersaurus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Five Nights at Freddy's fans are going crazy, including myself. Jason Blum has tweeted an image on Twitter of a dude sculpturing a clay prototype, at least what we think, of a person inside a Freddy Fazbear's suit holding his microphone. But that's not what got fans intrigued because Jason Blum wrote his tweet saying, it's great to be working with Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Their experience and expertise with animatronics is absolutely killer. Ah, killer. Get it. Ah. Wait, are the employees from Jim Henson's working together with Blumhouse for our fantastic uh, Five Nights at Freddy film? Fantastic Nights at yeah, Freddy. It's it's you already got a lot of hope in this I movie. Want. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And look, we have been talking for years. It's been years since they announced that they were doing a Five Nights at Freddy's movie and and i have said on the show before i will say it again no video game movie have i or no video game have i ever found scary i've never found a video game scary until i played five nights at freddy's laying in bed on my freaking tablet and i'm like this is legitimately creepy i might have to turn a light on like it was i don't know there's something about it that viscerally is inherently quite creepy that i've never felt that in any video game before so i thought you know what there's something here because that could be incredibly scary and it could be outrageously funny. And you put all that together. You got some Sam Raimi stuff going on there if you do it right. But then like nothing and then nothing and then nothing. And Jason Bloom is going to be doing and Bloomhouse is like blowing it up. They're doing everything's great. So now they put out this thing. So this comes to us from the folks over at the director, right? The following. Blumhouse CEO Jason Blum posted on Twitter how he was pleased to be working with Jim Henson's Creature Shop for an upcoming project. He then goes on to note how their experience and expertise with animatronics is absolutely killer. What he doesn't mention is what the work is actually for. But for those eagle-eyed viewers, the answer becomes pretty clear. They're working on the Five Nights at Freddy's movie adaptation. So, Jonathan, can you bring up that webpage and scroll down? Uh, we'll get you'll get to actually see the picture that he posted and there it is and you can see it right there what the modeler is working on it looks like they've got a maquette of a person inside the uh, Freddy suit he's got the microphones got the classic bow tie all that kind of stuff it's clear what they're doing they're working on it we have been waiting for years to hear about finally there being some movement on this now granted Nicolas Cage put out a movie not long ago I can't even remember the name of it but that was basically a Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff. Like, I mean, like, let's just call it what it was. Apparently, I never did see it, but apparently it was actually not bad. Yeah. But let's be very, very clear. It was definitively a Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff. Willy's Wonderland. What's that? Willy's Wonderland. Right. And then we watched the trailer on the show, I remember. It was like, yeah, that's clearly a Five Nights ripoff. But whatever. We've been waiting for years for them to get progress in this. I am very excited about this, especially off of coming off of uh, watching the Black Phone. When you just listen, not every Blumhouse movie is great. But man, they knock a lot of them out of the park. And when I think about what when I think about what they do with Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss, which was so good. Yeah. And they admit they made that movie for like eight million dollars. Mm -hmm. When I think about that and what they could do with a recognized IP, I get very, very excited. I'll tell you what, I am stoked for this movie. I really am. Rob, you see this? The the involvement of the uh, Henson 
all that the Henson Company, that kind of stuff. What are you thinking? Well, first of all, you know, no one no one makes tweets or puts things out like this without it being thought about. They, oh, absolutely. They, this, yeah. is, this is their announcement, which I love. I love these kinds of announcements because it relies on the fans to figure the stuff out, and promote it. I mean, we're here talking about it right now, so it obviously works. But what a great, I mean, I've always been a fan of, of the Henson Creature Shop. You know, even think about Dark Crystal. You know, they're, they're amazing. They can do anything. And what better company to work on this than the Henson Company? And the fact that Blumhouse, you know, they just made a deal with, um, who did they just make a deal with to put out all their back catalog, the Henson Company? It was yesterday. Oh, I can't trades. remember. I didn't hear. Yeah, it was in the trades. They, they made a huge output deal. And even things like Jim Henson's The Storyteller. I don't know if you remember that series. Yeah. Wasn't that great? Yes. So great. So to see that, you know, that the, 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 I was bummed out. We were all bummed out. There was no season two of Dark Crystal. So it's great to see bummed that. Bummed out doesn't even begin to cover no. it. Dude. I get angry, angry about it weekly. Like angry, like yeah. like literally angry about it. I, I that. mean, and, and whenever the Henson company is involved with something, it can only be a good thing. And for this, come on. This is like perfect. Chris, I mean, listen, horror is not exactly your cup of tea per se. No. But what do you think about but this? But Muppets are. Damn it. <laughs> oh. For those of you who don't know, Taylor and I's office is like Muppet themed. So I love Jim Henson. Oh, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I'm so hyped. Did you ever play the game? I did, and it's very messed up, and I don't like it. Um, but I, this... I'll show you the React channel, like pl Let's Plays I did. Oh. <sighs> That'll be enough it. for you. Can I, I hate it. We all have to go I hate it. I hate you. it. We can do that. I'm really, because I, I, I think about Age of Resistance probably once a week, and I get so angry about <laughs> it. Like, this was so good, and it was Emmy-nominated. Netflix, you're so stupid. So any opportunity for me to see animatronics, Muppets, puppets, practical effects, I will go see that. All right, guys. Question is for you. Are you excited for Five Nights at Freddy's movie? I think this could be really good, and I think it's in absolutely the perfect hands to do it. How are you feeling about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris. What is our third main topic today? This is from Ma Ryan Marlarkey. Hi, John and crew. I just saw an ad for I Am Groot coming out on Disney Plus with five shorts. I totally forgot about this show. Do you all have anticipation for it? And did you stay up to watch? Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks and bring on the filthy. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we have very opposing views. I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm not happy. Okay, so a couple things. So, yes, I am Groot. I, I think, like, a, a lot of people forgot that that was coming out, and it kind of was slipped under the radar. It's like, yeah, it was going to come out last night. And I, I got kind of enthusiastic about it, so I, I told Nancy, you know, baby, I got I to gotta stay up tonight. You know, they're dropping, uh, they're dropping Groot. Now, look, miscommunication, but I asked everybody else in the office here today, the way they marketed this, okay, this, this is John being pissy, part one. The way they marketed this, it was five short episodes coming August 10th. So I was under the impression that, okay, so they're going to drop five short episodes, five short little things of, and, and I thought short episodes were like 12 minutes, whatever. And then, so I'm staying up to midnight and you know, for me, that's a bit of a big deal because of how early I get up. So I'm staying up to midnight. I'm like, all right, here we go. And I go to Disney plus. It's like, well, where are all the other episodes? It's just the one. And I went back and I looked at the trailer again. Five short episodes coming August 10th. It doesn't say episode one. So 
whatever, little miscommunication there on the part of their PR team. Fine, whatever. I'm like, oh, all right. But I saw it was five and a half minutes long. <laughs> and like, I stayed up to midnight for five. Okay, whatever. It's baby Groot. It's going to be great. And I watched it and it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, look, maybe, maybe my expectations are too high because when I think of short animation coming out of anything Disney, I think of the Pixar shorts, mm -hmm. right? Where the, like their Pixar, the Pixar shorts, they have in a short period of time, they have depth and they have story and they have character. And by the end, you are feeling something by the end of them, right? Whether it's a uh, bow or whether it's uh, the old man playing chess and the whatever, it, or all there. Oh, Chris is going to cry. Oh, no. <laughs> I love that one so much. <laughs> it's so good. Like all of their stuff. So great. And who did the paper one? <gasps> paper Remember man. The, there was the one that was black and white. And it's like uh, animated Logan. Yeah. Is that, yes, there, there is yeah. that or appetite with the little dog getting all the, like, I think Feast. of that, right? This was a five and a half minute thing of, Oh, Groot falls down in this jar breaks and he's realized he's got his legs. And, and listen, listen, listen. I said this before the show started, so let me say it publicly. Disney didn't tell me to stay up till midnight, all right? Nobody made me stay up till midnight to watch it. That was my own damn fault, and I admit part of my grumpiness on this is like, I stayed up to midnight to watch one five-and-a-half-minute subpar episode of content. So, I mean, maybe it's just me, but listen, look, bottom line is I didn't think it was that good. I have no interest in watching the rest of them. I won't watch the rest of them. Obviously, I think Groot and Baby Groot are fantastic characters. Can't wait to see them when it's actually James Gunn telling the story and directing it. But as far as these shorts, I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm tapped out. I right? hate to break it to you, but the chat is pointing out that all five episodes are up. And they, they, they are. Yeah. You looked. I looked, and I didn't. And see you them. looked, and none of us saw them. Well, we got a bunch of people saying they were up. Maybe they came in later. Later. Slowly or whatever, but Later yeah, all the five day. are up, so maybe... Oh, all five are up, they're just not grouped together. Oh. Well, that's dumb. Yeah, because I just, I went there, it was like, no, I, I was up, I was searching around Disney+, Plus. I'm like, come on, where are the rest of them? They only dropped one. So if they put out all the rest of them after that, maybe? That would make more sense, because for them to do a midnight release on a five-minute episode sounds very... <laughs> well, I mean, you got to release it sometime, yeah, right? Like yeah, I right, said, right. nobody at Disney made me stay up to midnight. That was my own dumb, stupid decision to make, right? And but whatever. But I, again, after watching episode one, I'm just like, eh, maybe, maybe someone we could in the save chat this. just wrote in, "I'm not grouped." I'm not grouped. <laughs> maybe this will be part one of your review, and then no, no, no I'm no, I'm not going to waste any more of my time on it. I'm not. I'm I'm done. I, I'm not waiting. Anyway, Chris, you watch it, but you watch it in a much healthier, better, yeah. happier environment than I did. I made a fresh cup of coffee. I had a dog on each side of me, and I watched that episode. I was like, this, this is morning, charming. Not this last morning, night. Oh hell no! I went to bed at nine thirty. <laughs> I'm nice. I'm a toddler. I was like, well, I've had my din din, and now it's time to go to sleep. Bye bye. I had a great time watching it. Is it as magnificent as the Pixar shorts? No. But did I like watching Baby Groot eat cheesy poofs and punch a bonsai tree? Heck yeah. I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. If I had stayed up till midnight, I would have been really pissed off, though. <laughs> Rob, what do you think? <laughs> well, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch. I totally forgot it was on. You know, I, I was remiss in my, in my job, my, my duties. But, I mean, I want these shorts to be good. I like Groot. 
I like the character. I love Groot. Did, did Vin Groot. Diesel do the voice? Yes. Okay. So. I mean, totally modular. Yes, yeah. Modular. Sure. I mean, it just I, I have very in. little belief in Vin being able to be like, "All right, let's make my voice all baby-like now." <laughs> but, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Can I ask something? He was eating cheesy poofs, right? Yeah. Did his fingers have the little cheese on it after he ate them? Did you notice anything? Good I'd like have it? to go back because that's uh, why you eat them with chopsticks, so you don't get them on your fingers. Because you know that's the point yes. of eating cheese puffs, right? To get that <laughs> layer of cheese on your oh, fingers. Use a chopstick. So you just, you, and then no, you got all the you do is you take your finger that's got all that layers of cheese crap on it now. Then you put it on your bottom tooth and just drag yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, drag it. Chris, and I you get you like a roll a roll up. thing of cheese now in your mouth. Yeah, that's the way you Bro. do it. No, you animals. Chris, I thought you said I didn't. I didn't realize you said chopstick. Yeah, I thought you said chapstick. I'm like, you wipe chapstick on your fingers and you eat cheesy poops. That's some pro level cheesy puff eating. There's a lot of psychology going on in this episode. In Canada, we do not call them cheesy puffs. What you call them? A cheesy poof. They're called cheesies. Oh, okay. In Canada, we call them cheesies, you barbarians. It's cheesies. Say it right. When you go to Wally World and you get yourself a barrel. And it's a plastic barrel filled with cheesy poofs. Oh, oh, oh Ray knows those yeah. every week. And we like I like I find when I see one of those big we barrels of cheese balls, I'm like, yup, you're coming home <laughs> with me, baby. Oh. And it's only five dollars. And you get to use that container for something. Oh yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to watch the uh, apparently all the episodes that did not drop at midnight? <laughs> of, of, I am Groot. And what did you think of them? Listen, I didn't like it. I'll be honest with you, but maybe you did. I mean, Chris enjoyed it. Maybe you did too. Whatever you guys think about it, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's take another second here and thank another sponsor of today's show, our friends over at HelloFresh. Hey, guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh's quick and easy recipes, 20-minute meals, and low prep, low cleanup options provide an even faster route to putting food on the table around your packed schedule. You need another reason to stay in for dinner? HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than dining at a restaurant and is even cheaper than grocery shopping. That's money back in your pocket. Guys, Ann and I love HelloFresh. You know, we're both working professionals, so in the end of the day comes along, we're both so tired and frazzled and trying to figure out what to do for dinner. Most of the time, we just end up running out for dinner, which is expensive. But when we've got HelloFresh, it gives us a fun activity to do together, making quick, delicious meals and easy to clean up. We love it. So go to HelloFresh.com Campia16 and use the code Campia16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 using the promo code Campia16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And thank you to our friends at HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's go on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This comes from Vinshu M., Hello, John and team. I must admit, I wasn't really interested in Sandman as I never read the comics and none of my friends had either. But after hearing you guys talk about it, I gave it a shot. I'm so glad I did. The show uh, of beautiful is beautiful and is driven by story rather than pointless action that most of these kinds of shows rely on. I'm seven episodes in and loving it. 
It seems many people checked uh, it out. It has the number one spot on Netflix. What are your thoughts on this? Thanks. All right. Thanks for sending that in. And of course, a couple of days ago, Rob gave his first quick impression, like after uh, Sandman dropped. I think you were six episodes in at that yep. time. I, uh, myself and Anne have started watching. We are now four episodes in. We've we've gotten through the uh, uh, the fourth episode now. And I got to tell you, I, I think this show is wonderful. Like, it's it's great. Do I like it as much as, say, Peacemaker or, or uh, you know, or The Boys or anything like that? No, but it's a very different kind of show. Mm-hmm. Very, very different. And you're right. Like, I love what you said in your message there. It's not crash, bang, action, fight scene, blah, blah. It, it's none of that, actually. Like, none of it. It's just mythology and story. You know, it's like it's like some of the old uh, Greece myths and stuff like that. Like, it's almost like, I, 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 it's hard for me to come up with something to compare it to, but I have just been soaking in it. I love the main character. Morpheus is a, is a great central character. And I know one of your things that didn't really work for you, Rob, was Robert, Patton, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Uh, Patton Oswalt <laughs> as, as the crow. Oh, I've come around on that. Have you? Because, you know, it actually, when he first starts speaking, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it's it's Patton Oswalt. But after a couple, I'm like, you know what? No, the voice fits the personality of the bird. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, this is actually working for me. Um, everything from... Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer was amazing. I won't give away the scene, but the the scene between Morpheus and Morningstar were fantastic. I have loved everything. And then you go to these side characters. They layer in all these side characters and things like that. And they have the time to really soak in it. And you have Professor Lupin in there. And what it's just, I have loved it. But I did not expect it to have a massive audience. Sandman is one of those things that even amongst comic readers, that's not for all, just because you're a comic reader, you wouldn't necessarily like Sandman. A lot of people clearly do. But it is, it's shot immediately to the number one spot on Netflix. This comes to us, uh, or I, I don't have a thing here, but Netflix, this is on Variety. Netflix's top 10 Sandman debuts at number one above everything else. And I got to say, as much as I have liked the show, this surprised me because I, with the trailers and the promos for it, really didn't look a lot like it would appeal to a massive non-genre audience, right? Now, granted, this is Netflix. This isn't box office. But still, I got to say, I'm thrilled for it. I've been really enjoying the show. I'm only four episodes in. I can't wait to watch the rest. Rob, uh, you're now all the way through the show. Twice. Uh, how did you enjoy Ooh. it? And then w- were you a little bit surprised to see that it debuted at number one? First of all, I was happy. I The Sandman's my favorite comic series of all time. I would dare say that I think this is one of the greatest comic adaptations ever done. And there, there, there's a lot of, I've, I've been reading a lot of chatter online from purists that are like, well, they had, they've, they, what they did was they had to take a lot of things out. And for instance, I'll give you an example since you've already watched episode four. In the well, original, there's some people who probably haven't seen yeah, it. Right. But, but, in mind. but in episode four, there's a, there's a, call it a battle. Right. Battle. In the comic, the battle happens with somebody else. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah, and and they changed it for the better. And I think what they've done in this adaptation is because the first eight... So the Sandman represents the first two books of the comic, about 12 issues of the comic book. So you've got Preludes and Nocturnes, which is book one, and then A Doll's House, which is book two. A Doll's House is very different. Yes. When you get to episode seven the the whole show changes it's all it's like watching a different show 
And the Sandman is like that. It's an anthology. And there's a lot of people that, well, you know, I really like the first half, but I didn't like the second half. I love, I, the, a Doll's House was never my favorite comic book uh, Sandman story. I loved what they did in the series. Loved it. And I'm telling you, the way the way they stick the landing so hard, I think the show is is it it looks incredible. And by the way, I had a problem when I first watched it. I swear to God, whatever they did, it looks different. When I went back the second time and watched it, I'm like, they've changed. Somebody flipped switch because the even even the episode um, six, which is the beginning of it, it's called the sound of her wings. Even that episode, the color is different. I don't know what they did. They, it looked some someone made a mistake. The show looks incredible. I mean, when I first watched, it, I'm like, why is it so dark? Something it looked like there was a mistake that was made. I swear to God, they fixed it though. Man, I can't tell you how much I love the show. I've watched it twice. I my I, I, they could not. I can't imagine them doing a better adaptation of this show. Wow. And if it gets a second season, they're going into a, a season of mists, which is my favorite. Salmon story. It's like the greatest thing ever. And if they get there, this show requires, like you said, a certain sensibility. And I was saying this on another stream. I said, you know what? If you love the movie Amelie, this this is gonna sound weird. If you if you like Amelie and things like that, you will love the show. Because there's a lot of people like, this show is so boring. You have to have a certain sensibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, if you're looking for the the smash pow explosions kind of thing, but even like you mentioned a battle, right? It's really more like Vincini and the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. It's really more like that kind the, of a battle. The first game. It's the first, they call it, I guess, the called first game. And there's a lot of talk about how death, the character of death, the iconic character of death has been race swapped. But one of the things that they talk about in the show is that the endless, these characters, they're, anthropomor they're anthropomorphizations of concepts, mm -hmm. really. Well, did you see Neil Gaiman's response to people complaining oh. Oh, about it? Oh, it's been amazing. Uh, yeah, Neil Gaiman is like, shut people down. Well, like, uh, as you know, working. you actually see Dream is a black man for a moment in episode four because, yeah. because he was there when the first peoples existed on Earth. And they make a point of it because the first human beings were black. So you see the Sandman black. So it makes sense. It's not, it's exactly, there's also an, an issue of the Sandman where the Sandman's a cat. You're going to love it. Yeah, no, probably not. You're going to love it. <laughs> I love this show so much. I, I've watched twice. I can't believe that they made a show that's so beautiful and so handsome. And they've done such a good job of adapting it. And the changes they've made, especially in the first to the first eight stories, it was kind of steeped in DC history. They've had to remove mm -hmm. that. Dude, I watch a show. I I I was I watched the I ended the Dolls House for the second time again last night, and I welled up, dude. Chris, have you had well a chance done. to start watching Sam? Yeah, I I watched Dolls House last night, and John Cameron. Oh my god! Oh my god! Ah, the fact that by the way, you had two different headwigs in the same oh. episode. I'm like, because because the person who plays Desire mm -hmm. also with three names also was Edwin. Yeah. On stage. Oh, and Desire's incredible. Oh my God, uh, oh. I, that casting is so Girl, great. I, oh. It's so good. And the it's girl so they had good. to play Despair, even though she's only been there briefly. Perfect. Casting. Man, it's great. And I'm I'm so glad you said something about the look of it being corrected because once I started watching it too, it was all right. I know I'm not as discerning as Rob, yeah, but me too. This I, was like, I was waiting for it to look great. wrong. No, no, right, they, yeah. they did something because uh, also in, when you're watching trailers, like promos for this, like interviews, mm -hmm. the stuff from Roderick, Roderick's it, Burgess's was, place, Burgess's yeah. was, was 
dark and I, you mm-hmm. could tell something they fixed whatever it was yeah. that I had an objection Cause to. Because it's gorgeous. I think it's such a wonderful adaptation of this too. Because what the comics do as well is it's not linear storytelling because they don't exist in a linear fashion. Right. They're endless. They're entities. So you also have these little things peppered in that are later storylines, right? With some historic figures and things like that. And so if there is a season two, which I really think there will be, please, it's going to be so fun to ha- go back to these other kind of stories that have been just teased and see how those come to fruition. It's so good. If you are not a comic fan, I think this is a great show for you still. If you like mythology, if you're just looking at what the human experience is, I think this is a wonderful show that appeals to so many audiences. And there's eye violence and I'm okay with it. The visuals are <laughs> trippy too. Like it's like I'm tripping balls when yeah. I'm watching. I have to say <laughs> that the effects dude are incredible. And the TV show, yeah. The design of hell in episode four, all that was Gorgeous. I you know don't why like I'm that I'm attracted to the Corinthian. One? That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know why I'm only on episode one? Because you fell asleep. Because. And still signed in to the Netflix on my TV. And I do not want to butt, butt them out. So I have to wait till like 1 a.m. to actually watch anything. Okay, that explains it. Because I had been promising, okay, asshole, you so nearly got me in trouble. Because Ann and I, like I promised Ann I would wait to watch episode one of Sandman with her, right? Oh, tell so her. we sit down, we, we sit in the new theater room, <laughs> open up Netflix, go to Sandman, it says, continue with episode two. Oh. And Anne looked at me like, you, you watched episode one already. <laughs> like, I haven't watched oh. anything. What's Max, baby? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? And like, in my head, I'm thinking. Tell her, tell her. In tell my head, I'm, I'm thinking. Sorry. Ray. I am sorry. I am sorry. I am very sorry. By the way, you just identified this is. No, you tell her because she still thinks I'm lying to her. I will tell her. This is a real problem because I've been accused of this too. Like, you watch this without me. I'm like, baby, I didn't. This is this is something somebody needs to do an episode of a sitcom about this very thing. I have yeah. a feeling when Netflix so comes out and announced mm-hmm. announces that they are officially launching the pay for somebody else outside of your household, they're gonna call it the Ray Aura rule. I'm almost positive they're gonna call it the Ray Aura rule. Anyway, all right, guys. Netflix v Ray Aura. <laughs> Question is for you. What do you think about this? Sandman is surprisingly popular. It debuts at number one on Netflix. Have you guys had a chance to watch it yet? If so, what have your thoughts been? I'm only four episodes in, but I'm loving what I'm seeing. Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the, the comments section episode. below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number five. Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? This one comes from Dan V. Hey, John and crew. So Prey is Hulu's biggest TV or movie premiere ever and has the most viewing hours over its first three days. Now, we don't know the number of hours, but that's very impressive. I love the movie and I wish I could have seen it in theater with the fantastic cinematography. It has just shot so well and it was basic back to basics with Amber Midthunder crushing it. It's a very well-received movie where I feel, feel there will be a sequel of sorts inevitably. All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, Dan. And yeah, the last couple of days we've been talking a lot about this new Prey movie, which, honest, listen, I, I when they even said they were making it, I'm like, why? Why are you making this? <laughs> and it's set in like the 1700s? That's dumb. What, what in the 1700s can stop a predator? And like, it, just all this kind of stuff. And the last one was terrible and... Whatever, but man, this this movie's a banger. This movie is it is fantastic. And then, like coming out of the woodwork now, all the different like different cast members from the original because it started with Jesse the Body Ventura, who came out and said this movie is wonderful and started praising it. And then one of the I can't remember the the guy's name. One of the other guys, the one who says I'll bleed you. Like right. he just came out and said that the movie's fantastic and everybody's loving on it and it's 
great and fantastic. Well, not only did it debut at number one, according to the press release, Prey was now the number one premiere of anything ever on Hulu. Any TV, any movie, anything. It's their biggest debut ever. Uh, This is what they said over at Screen Rant. They said the following. Disney and 20th Century Studios have now announced that Prey is Hulu's biggest premiere ever. No specific viewership was given for the new Predator movie, as they don't with any other programming, but it was watched more in its first three days than any other film or TV show that has debuted on Hulu. In addition to breaking Hulu's viewership record, Prey also became the most-watched film premiere on Star Plus in Latin America and on Disney Plus under the Star banner in all other territories. In all other territories. And if you understand how Disney Plus with Star works in the other territories, that's significant. So, I mean, it's just a big win after big win after big win for this thing. And when you watch this film, you definitely get the sense that, okay, that's that's it. It was a one-shot movie. I mean, there's something in the post-credits, a little something with the art in the post-credits. But that really, to me, was just a fun little thing. But when you have, it's like the Joker, man. When you have this kind of success, now executives want more. And now what I would have said maybe a week ago that, nah, they're not going to do a sequel to this. Now I got to change my tune. Now I got to go, you know what? Maybe they will at this point. Anyway, Chris, you're seeing this thing kind of knock it out, which, which is great, especially considering the reputation of the Predator franchise has not been great the last few years. Are you surprised to see it debut this big? I mean, a little bit. I remember when we first reported on the story, it was, huh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and going straight to Hulu wasn't this big vote of confidence. So it's really, really cool to see this do so well, to have so many people wish they could go out to theaters and see it. I think we are going to get more of those releases and things like that for this. Um, I still haven't gotten to watch this movie. Oh. I had to do that. You still haven't had a chance to no, watch it? No, because I had to do Sandman. I'm watching Sandman, and then I had to learn 12 pages of dialogue yesterday, which <laughs> as a voice actor, I don't memorize a lot, so... <laughs> It was rough. Um, But I'm really, really pumped to sit down and watch this tonight. I am so excited. And I think it just speaks to, too, you guys have touched on how there's very little dialogue, but it's just like really incredible cinematography, really compelling action, really, really great acting. And you can watch it in the Comanche language, which everyone keeps gushing about that fact, too. I think it just is a really, really great win for great storytelling. Now, when I say, when, when we say there's not a lot of dialogue, I don't mean it in the sense of what's the Mel Gibson film? Apocalypto. Apocalypto. I don't mean that in the sense of Apocalypto. It's really more in the sense of, say, a quiet place. Yeah. Where there's not a lot of dialogue, but there's definitely dialogue in the Mm -hmm. film. There's definitely dialogue. But it's not like quippy predator stuff. Yes. So, Rob, (laughs) you're seeing these results. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think it again, the power of making a great film and understanding what your franchise is like we it's funny because we were all dubious about this. And I remember when we first started talking about this, going, what the hell? Like, why would you, how can anybody defend themselves against a technologically advanced mm-hmm. predator back in the 1700s? And by the way, I just want to point out, they did make a sequel to this movie. It was called Predator 2. I mean, <laughs> this is a direct, the end of Predator 2 It is a direct, they, they, this is a, they call back to Predator They do, have, they do have a fun little It's really cool, yeah. I re, which I really liked. And it was funny because I was hoping that they would do that. And they did. I think this movie just delivers and it, it, it was a movie that lives up to the promise of the franchise. And it's the movie that lives up to the thing about the predator films, John is everyone loves the predator. It's a great design. The creatures are mm-hmm. great design. That first movie is so much fun. And people are like, I even like predator too. I'm hoping, cause I've always wanted this Steven 
Hopkins directed Predator 2. And they basically cut like 30 minutes out of that movie. I would love them to do an extended director's cut of Predator 2 because I always felt it was too truncated. Maybe this will, maybe Hulu, maybe De- Disney will go into the vault. and Because that cut, that longer cut existed. And I would love to see that. Let me ask you this question here because they bring it up in, in the, the question they submitted right at the end there. But number one, when you watch it, did you instantly feel there would be a sequel? And then now that we've seen the results it's having and the response it's getting, how do you feel about the idea of it getting a sequel now? I didn't, I went into this thinking this is a one-off. But with, obviously, like you said, winning changes everything. So I'm sure someone's like, well, we have to, we have to do another one. It would be interesting. Like, I don't necessarily think they have to make a direct sequel to this story with the same characters. But it would be interesting to see what would happen if the Predator visited Earth in different time yep. periods. 75 years later. Yeah, like, and you'll see when you get to episode six of The Sandman how something like that could work. And <laughs> oh, wow. uh, that's all I'm going to say. But um, uh, it, it, I would love to see that. Like, I would love to see, like, what if, what if the Predator showed up in the mid- middle of the American Civil War? Because they've already been in America. Like, oh, I'm going to take a few of these these mofos out i mean i would love to see something like that it would be cool all right guys question is for you what do you think about this prey is now officially the biggest debut of anything ever on the platform not just hulu in north america but also on disney plus a star around the world and the rest of the territories as well does that excite you do you think they should do a sequel whatever you guys are thinking jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts All right, guys, with all that now down and out of the way, we are going to open up the Super Chats because it's time for us to go into the second half of the show hearing from you guys. Your thoughts, theories, questions, opinions, whatever. It's time for you to fire those in now, but do so fairly quickly because we only leave the Super Chats open for a couple of minutes. Now, before we get to those questions that you guys are sending in, we want to take a second and thank another sponsor of today's episode, our friends at Athletic Greens. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Athletic Greens. Now, I started taking Athletic Greens because I don't eat enough vegetables, and I was looking for a way to make up for that deficit in my diet of those vitamins and minerals that I really needed in my system, and thank goodness I found Athletic Greens, and I literally take it every morning. You see, with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, all the things. And my wife got onto it and now she absolutely loves it. You know, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb like Athletic Greens. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash campia. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash campia to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And thank you to our friends at Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with all that down, let's go over and hear from you guys. We're going to start 
with our beloved channel members. Ray, what are our channel members saying? All right, we got one from yesterday that I saved. It was from Blake62. He says, love the show, guys. It's the best it's ever been, and I'm glad you all found each other. Oh, thank Aww. you so much for that, also, man. We appreciate that, dude. Also, lock your doors tonight. Ezra is still out there. Yeah, <laughs> Ezra's still out there. You never know. He becomes the boogeyman story. You tell your kids. All right, what's next? Okay, um, we got one from Saud Ulus Hassan. He says, what's your favorite anime, anime show of all time, and what is the status of Movie Club? Star Blazers, a.k.a. Space Battleship Yamato, is my all-time favorite anime. Movie Club is going to be roughly once a month. We meant to do it this week. <laughs> we I'm going to be honest movie. with you guys. <laughs> we had a staff meeting yesterday, and we were a, we had a programming meeting yesterday. And all in the middle of the programming meeting, I'm like, damn it, we were supposed to do a movie club today. <laughs> and I totally, we just completely forgot about it. So yes, movie club is going to be periodical. Now. It's not going to be regular, but it's going to be once every month or so. So it's, it's still going to be happening. Uh, do you guys have a favorite anime show of all time? Legends of the Galactic Heroes. Oh, that's right. You've mm. mentioned that before. Cowboy Bebop, but Sailor Moon has a special place in my heart because that was my gateway drug. All right, what's next? All right, we got one from Malik Hunter. He says, are there any under-the-radar films you could recommend during the August and September month? Is there anything you think should be getting more attention? Beast looks really good. Yeah. yeah. Now, you got to understand, I am a sucker for the Val Kilmer, Michael Douglas film, The Ghost and the Dark. So good, dude. Which is like one of my... It's a top 20 to 25 all-time favorite film. And so to see another movie that's kind of kind of like that, with, you know, Man versus Nature with a big killer lion, it, it looks interesting to me. So that's that could be a sleeper. Do you guys have one that you're kind of keeping your eye on? I'm trying to see what else is coming yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, that's the one that we were talking about this yesterday. I'm like, oh, Beast is coming yeah. out. That's the one that, yeah, that Beast is only stuck thing out me. to me Yeah, I'm looking for that. All right, what's next? Okay, Michael Gonzalez says, put the Predator in ancient Japan. Predator versus samurai. samurai. Oh, dude. Oh, that'd, be That'd be fun. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign I have me up my for that. Samurai Predator hot toy in my office over there. Do you? Yeah. Oh, there's okay. actually yeah. a Samurai Predator. No, I, there's I a love, Samurai Predator hot toy. It's right over there. I, I love the notion of it. I, it's probably not actually hot toy, is it? Is, is it, it is. That's a hot, it's an actual hot oh, toy. Wow. Okay, what's next? All right. You've answered this before, John, but uh, it's OG Stabber. He says, Hey, John and crew. What would you say is the best place area to sit in a movie theater? It depends on the theater. Mm. If if it's an AMC Prime, anywhere, baby. Yeah, anywhere now. A anywhere. Like, it really, they, they've designed it in such a way that's a great thing. Now, a normal AMC theater, okay, so not a Prime or anything like that. My personal favorite spot to go is where it's two sections of seating, right? You got your, the main big section back here, and then you kind of have a front section here and an aisle way in between them, right? I like sitting in the first row of the back section because there's always uh, wheelchair spots in the front with bars, and no one ever sits there. So I, get, I always pick those seats with the bars in front of them because I can just stretch my legs right out and I can get in and out without having to go down the line and, and ask people, excuse me, excuse me. I can just jump in and out really quick. That's And in an IMAX, second or third row from the back, dead center. So I, I don't know. So I've got I've brought, I've given this a lot of thought. Wait, wait, but wait, let me throw a curveball at you. Right. I figured I figured this out at the dine-in places though. Ooh. The side is actually a really is really good. The better. side is actually a really good place for because a dine-in. Yeah. You know, the wait waiter has to go through all those rows and you're eating, you need to use the restroom, so the sides will probably be better and, than those. And like your waiter gets you really quickly. By the way, a quick word on these on these uh, dine-in theaters. I've been to them a couple of times. 
they are the way <laughs> to see movie. But like you'd think, because I thought this too, you'd think that, well, waiters coming in and out is going to be really, really distracting to the film. And they're I don't like know ninjas. if they've just got it down to a science. They're like waiter ninjas. Yeah, they're like waiter ninjas. Like I, you just... It, they're you just zone them out like and it's they, a lot of never really that bad it's, it's a lot of food it's a job. great yeah. date night too like i mean it's a great date night because you can spend some time ahead of time like getting appetizers or at the bar while you wait for your movie and then you go in and then it's just nice like laura and i used to go to ipic theater uh, all the time dude the, the ipic theater i think in pasadena, pasadena yeah. yeah they actually have first of all the theater's underground so you go into this what? this place, yeah, and then the first thing you do is you go down these long escalators down, right? And then you get into what I would call a Ron Jeremy room, where it's where it's just like all leather bound books. <laughs> like it's it, it looks like a, a classy speakeasy or something, where it's this gorgeous carpeting, bookshelves along the walls, pool tables, a bar. Mirror. And then from that <laughs> yeah. central area, you go off in different directions depending on the theater that you're going in, and then they have fully fully reclinable seats. You can lay straight down. They'll have a pillow and a blanket there for you with a tray that spins out. They'll bring you your food menu. The iPick Theater is a damn good place mm -hmm. to go watch movies. Ron Jeremy? Room? I meant Ron Burgundy. Here we go. <laughs> All right. I, I just I turned in my yeah. chair. I was like, uh, what? I, didn't, I was looking at Chris going, I meant Ron Burgundy. Where are you going this, John? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the it. Bye -bye. I'm a real vanilla guy, but sometimes I like to go to a fuck palace for movies. Like what? I literally just said I went on dates there with. Yeah. Or, like, oh, damn. Oh, that's the name I, of the next theater. I, fuck palace. I like my movie theaters to have an eyes wide shut feel. Coming from Netflix. Oh my god. All right. That's a What's next? Ron Burgundy, <laughs> thick leather bound books. Okay, there we Archer. go. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I don't think oh of him God. as a very <laughs> academic like, fellow. An interesting analogy you're making. I had to ask. <laughs> All right, I got three more. We got uh, right. <laughs> Broccoli writes Between Light and Magic and Imagineers, Disney needs more of these types of documentaries. John, have you given up? Uh, uh, have you given up on For All Mankind? No, no, I, I never gave up on For All Mankind. It's just that I got through season two. I, I've just never had the time to pick up on season three. So I've certainly not given up on it. I just never gotten around to it yet. So I, I will get caught up at some point. All okay. right, what's next? Charles Ed, Edmund Nelson writes, what do you guys think of the trailer for Medieval in the, the new Ben Foster movie? Oh, I love Ben Foster, but I have not seen the trailer. It looks good. I mean, it. I, the trailers, I mean, the title's a little generic, but the movie looks cool. I mean, it, you know... Is it set in medieval times? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I I love that. And yeah. Ben Foster, I think he's him. Chiwetel Ejiofor are those might be the two most underrated actors in the business. All right, what's next? All right, Lex Love writes: Watch Prey with my partner, and we loved it. Was not expecting to love it as much as we did. Loving the show as always. Bring on the filthy. Thanks, man. And I'm right there with you. Like I heard good things, so it's like, all right, this is probably going to be all right. I was not expecting to have a really good time at it. Like, it, it's it's a blast of a movie. So. It really is. Yeah. All right, with that down, let's wait, get it. We got oh. one, one last one, sorry. Right. Out of time, 1985, what movie would you want to see a The Offer type behind-the-scenes drama show? But you can't say Star Wars. For me, it would definitely be Back to the Future. The story behind that movie is so oh. interesting. Uh, yeah, but not... 
tremendous. I mean, you got like obviously there was the cast change and stuff like that, but honestly, not that much. I mean, it, it like I know you said you can't do this one, but honestly, it is Star Wars. When you actually know all the stuff that went into that, mm-hmm. what about uh, the Flash? This <laughs> this Flash movie, my girl. <laughs> Someone's got to do a movie someday on on this whole Flash fiasco. So that one's. I don't know. You got another one? You know what? I keep thinking. What came to mind immediately was Cleopatra because it the, has a, uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, the Elizabeth Taylor thing. There's a documentary that Kevin Burns made about the making of that film, and it was nuts. I mean, it's nuts. But people are like Cleopatra. No one knows that movie, so no one would watch it. Was it was like the biggest thing anybody had ever tried to make in yeah. history. I mean, it almost broke the studio. Yeah, yeah it, did. it did. Yeah, yeah. They had to sell off Century City became mm-hmm. that because of Cleopatra. All right. Let's now get over to the super chat that you guys have been sending in. So, Chris, what do we got up first? Uh, Stephen Darren Holt sending in some support. Thank, Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. From Miguel, only four movies have made me shed a tear. Hachi, Onward, Coco, <laughs> Passion of the Christ. Now Super Pets made the list. I don't even have pets. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't think the movie's great. I enjoyed it, though. But that scene oh. with uh, what was Kevin Hart's dog's name again? Ace. Or Ace. Ace. That's the backstory of Ace and how he came to be in the pound. I'll tell you what. I, I, whoo, that, that's a good scene, man. That Ray was almost like bawling his eyes out in that scene. I'm almost crying right now. Just thinking about it. It was, it was a really, really well done scene. All right, what's next? From TJ Thomas, for Rob and Chris, which is better, Spectacular Spider-Man or Young Justice? Oh, I'm glad they knew not to Justice. ask me that question. Yeah, I, I, I like Young Justice better. Yeah, Spectacular Spider-Man's fine. Yeah, There's nothing wrong but with I'm it. Just, I'm just—it's because I'm a DC fan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, like Young Young, I love uh, Young Justice comic. I love the, the Young Justice series. I, I make mine Marvel, but I find Young Justice to be much more compelling. All right, what's next? From Andy, one of two. Hi, John. If you still have a morbid curiosity to watch Riverdale, <laughs> Netflix just released season six two days ago. I suggest the season six 14th episode titled Venomous. This is probably the one where they boink. Okay, it's where Veronica gains her poison poison superpowers and bangs Archie after his girlfriend Betty lets them smash. It was the cringiest episode until season six got worse. (laughs) Well, there you go. And yet good relationship advice uh, all rolled into one. Is is that the most recent season is six? Six is the most. And they've already popped it up on Netflix. You know (laughs) what? I'm not going to lie. I'm going to watch. I think I'm going to play... Netflix roulette. I'm going to pick one random episode of season six and just watch it because Anne is kind of curious to watch it too. Wow. And let's just see how bad it really is. All right, what's next? From Suthius, well, slap my arse and call me Sally. That's I decided to give the Predator another chance and I like it now. I enjoyed the Misfit crew, Mun and Killings of the Upgraded Predator. Sterling was a little goofy though. Which one is the Predator again? That was Shane Black's oh. movie. Well, I'm glad you did. I mean, listen... I that was one of the bigger disappointments to me of a movie in the last couple of years because yeah. I went I love Shane Black. I do too. And I thought the trailers were really good. And I was if you guys had watched me back then, like I was like, Woo! Woo! Game day! Shane Black's the Predators out, the Predators coming back, baby. It's gonna be awesome. And I came out oh, like like traumatized. It was so bad. And he I, Shane Black was in the original Predator. That's right, he was. And it's like, how did you dude? And did I he love, wrote, did he not write the original Predator too? He he might have. I can't didn't remember. Put, take place at Christmas. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I do not, that movie bewildered me. I yeah, I still can't. But listen, man, the the main thing about movies is, is that you have a good experience and a good time when you go see it. And if you sat down and watched it again and you enjoyed yourself, that's all that matters. And I'm glad that you did. All right, what's next? From Official Friend Zone, after seeing Prey, would you rather have a proper sequel with the Native Tribe or a Predator in different time periods, feudal Japan or classic Sparta, come to mind? 
I would watch both of those movies. Here's the thing, though. What made this movie good wasn't that it was set in the 1700s with a Native American tribe. It's the story they told. It's I got to care about the characters, and I got invested in that. I mean, I said when I came out of theater about it, I said, this movie is essentially a story about a girl and her dog. Right. And you can tell a great story staying in the same time period. You can change time periods to go to a different culture, but if you don't come up with a like a really good, compelling story with character, you say it all the time, Rob, right? It's story and characters. If you don't give us characters that we care about, it won't matter. Like the notion of him trying to fight samurai. Dude. That's very, very cool. <laughs> or ninjas. But Or ninjas. Ninjas. But, I mean, none of that means squat unless you do what you were able to do in Prey, which is give us characters that we get invested in, that we care about, and we go along on that journey with. Otherwise, it's not satisfying. I so, agree. But let's see what they do. All right, what's next? From Benjamin Tam, sending in a $20 super Thank chat. You, Benjamin. Thanks. Recently watched Vengeance. Currently my second favorite movie this year behind wow, Everything yes. Everywhere All at Once. Did you get a chance to check it out? Thanks and bring on the filthy. No, and I have to because I've not mm -hmm. heard one bad thing about it yet. Nope. Same. I am a, I love BJ Novak. Um, so this is one I've got to check out. I, hopefully this week. Hopefully this week. But I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. But everything I'm hearing about is great. Thanks for adding your name to the recommendation list. Appreciate that. All right, what's next? We're never going to escape this one. From Al Renshaw, <laughs> I got to try mozzarella sticks uh, with sour cream and report back, John. Sounds god-awful, but you haven't steered us wrong yet. I see. I told you. I told you. You will not go back. You will not go back. I don't want back. to go to there. But once you do, <laughs> you're, it's going to open up your eyes. It's going to open them up. They're already so big, John. Uh, they can be bigger. <laughs> I don't know. What is it, what is it that the, the ghost of Obi-Wan says to Ray? You've taken your first steps into a bigger world, or something like that. It's and that's what's happening. Glorious. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you had the vision to try that out, Al. All right, what's next? From Andy, if Jason Bateman doesn't have a butler, then he's missing a gigantic opportunity to be called Master Bateman. Yeah, that's an old joke. Yep. Yeah, like the the whole thing about like if your name's like uh, Reginald Bader. Like, uh, are you technically masturbator? <laughs> yeah, that, that joke's been around since I was in grade school. <laughs> All right, what's next? Wrong. One down there. Oh, Joe Rand, uh, Randazzo? Randazzo? Uh, sending in a $50 super chat. Just oh my to gosh. be supportive. Thank you, man, Joe so Randazzo. much. Thank you. That's Joe, sorry, I butchered your name. You just to send it in just to be supportive. Dude, yeah. thank you so much for supporting us and our content like that. It's it's just awesome that people support the content they watch. So thank you, man. That's awesome of you. Thank you very cool much. Name. And he's got a really cool name. All right, what's next? Raymond Verrata. Congrats to Taika and Rita Ora. Wedding party includes vampires and Stormbreaker. John, I can hear your nerd voice. Rita's going to come out in Star Wars. I know. I, I'm going to be honest with you, though. I got to go back and double check my facts. Because I, I really thought he was married. <laughs> I, like, I, 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 I thought he was married... Like, I thought the last time I met him and talked to him, I thought he was married and had kids. So, I mean, I don't know. He was. Changed. He got divorced. How long ago? Uh, they separated, uh, but didn't come out publicly about their separation until 2020. Okay. And they were married for seven years. Okay. Okay. And now we're related. Yeah. Now, I, yeah, now, now we're related. <laughs> I, just because I'm like, oh, I hope this isn't one of those, hey, I met her six months ago and quickly got divorced and now I got married. Like, okay, okay. You know what? That's, that's, that's enough of a buffer. All right. All right, I can feel good about that. Then, and yes, congratulations, dude. That's awesome. All right, what's next? From Suthius, I'm a huge fan of the Predator universe, but sadly, I was very dis- Holy sugar, honey, iced tea. This joint is tight, son. 
Best one yet, in my opinion. More, please. <laughs> nice reading. I, yeah, yeah. Well done. Listen, I, I am not quite there with some people that actually think it's the best Predator movie, period. I'm not quite there yet. Like, like the first Predator to me is just so awesome. But I, to me, I get it. There's a lot of love out there for Predator 2. To me, it's not even close. Like, Prey is the best Predator movie outside of the original, I think, by miles. But like, and you you are somebody who appreciates the second one. Yeah, uh, but this, to me, the second one, I like the second one a lot, but it's truncated. I have always yeah. known it was trunk, but, but it's nowhere near, I would say, the first Predator. You've got to give it up, the first Predator. Yeah. But this new one, I, I would say, is close second. All right, what's next? From Mads of Jada, Ezra's Discovery series, not the House of Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the next documentary series they got to do. Oh, <laughs> all right, what's next? From Ben Rayner, sending in a $20 Thank super you, chat. Thank you, Ben. Ben. Do you think there's a risk of Ahsoka series being too inside baseball for hardcore Rebels fans? Do you think Filoni will make it in a way where the average everyday fan who didn't watch Rebels to enjoy it? If Rebels in and of itself is any indication, then I don't think there's a problem. Like, you literally couldn't have never watched a Star Wars anything before and popped on Rebels Episode 1 and you will get caught up to speed pretty quick, even though there's a lot of references in there that if you are an old hat Star Wars fan, you'll pick up on and recognize. But it doesn't become prerequisite for you to understand to even get what's going on in the show. With that being the case with Rebels, I don't see any reason to believe that he can't do that as well with Ahsoka. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff in there for people who are Rebels fans. It'll go, ah! But I also have all the confidence in the world that if you've never seen Rebels, you may miss some of the, the references, whatever, but you will have no problem following along with the story. So I've got all the faith in the world that Especially they'll be able to Especially if they saw that. Mandalorian. I mean... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, what's next? From Jay Master, all five shorts of I Am Groot dropped at midnight on Disney Plus, but separate. Yeah, look, all I can, all I can tell you is that you can say that all you want, but I looked. Like, I was like, no, this is there's got to be more than this. And I went back to the main page and I refreshed it and I closed the app down. And, and, and like, so they can say that they did. So I, But <laughs> I'm telling you, I looked at everything and it was not there. Ray, so, watch them also. It just moved them off your pin to like the top. <laughs> I just hit them all. All right, what's next? From Harv's K, Coco, the dog playing Sorry and Prey is a rescue adopted just for the film. Wow. She had no Hollywood dog training and was portedly a hot mess on set, but the cast and crew loved her dearly. Good girl, Coco. I mean, listen, you don't have to have, like, listen, I have made a movie with a specifically Hollywood trained dog. All right. My movie, The Anniversary, true story. The most expensive actor on the set was the dog. Uh, the cost of the dog, it was a three-legged dog. We needed a three-legged dog, the script called for. That was our most expensive actor in the movie, but still, and everybody fell in love with this dog. Plus, you had to pay for the amputation. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> the... But the point is, is that what the dog did, as long as you have just a properly trained dog who knows how to stay on command, yeah. look on command, go somewhere on, go to a, a, a queue spot on demand, you could get away with that. Either way, the dog did great. I Gimli mean, had no formal training and he's in a film. Really? Yeah. He also got paid for a dog food go-see, which was hilarious, where I was like, <laughs> look at my dog being a model, getting paid to have his photo taken if they want to put him on dog food. That's They awesome. didn't. They All didn't. right. What's next? From Stella McShave, who'll get a non-doc feature first, Ezra or Hammer? Ezra. No, no one? I take that back. Hammer. No one? Hammer. Really? Yeah, more salacious. Like, the Ezra stuff, like, is 
really just weird. And like, like, and then not good, but the Ezra, but the hammer stuff is more salacious. But at least think. Ezra travels a lot. Yes. Iceland, at least Hawaii. He travels a lot all over know. the place. Regular Carmen San Diego. I'm telling you. All right, <laughs> what's next? From... Really, I just broke <laughs> What? <laughs> that was the worst joke I've ever heard. What happened? What I missed? <laughs> the dog. Like, you, you hired a dog and got it to the Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, that's like, so dark. <laughs> Ray actually is in tears. <laughs> Ray actually has tears coming out of his eyes. horrible joke, man. <laughs> hey, man. I'm killing it over here. <laughs> What's happening? All right. <laughs> What's next? From Casey Mack. Speaking of Alan Tidyuk, just thought I'd give you a heads up, John. Resident Alien is returning tonight. Oh, is it? Oh, God. I didn't I didn't realize it was here. I love that show. I need to catch up on that one, too. It's really it's good. It's fun. so fun. It's such a simple premise. And really, it's it's just, you know what it is? The whole show is it's just dialogue. It's the dialogue yeah. of the show. The, the, the overall story and plot, it's fine. It's fine. But it's just the characters in the dialogue. Like, I watch it for the characters in the dialogue. It reminds me a lot of Supernatural. Like, there were a lot of seasons I didn't really even care about the story that was going on. I just loved hanging out with the Winchesters. Because the dialogue was great. The characters were great. That's what this reminds me of a lot. I have a good time with it. Because Alan Tudyk is just amazing. Mm -hmm. great. All right, what's next? From Bobby Jackson. Hey, crew. Over under 60% that Sonic 3 will have a Christmas theme to it and will be directed by Shane Black. Just kidding about the Shane Black part. Um, under. I, I I don't think they plopped it on that date because it's a Christmas theme movie. I think they plopped it on that date because that's a rich, fertile family yeah. movie going time. Hell I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's it's under five percent. Don't get me wrong, but I, I will take under sixty on that. What do you think? Me too. I don't think it's a Christmas themed film. I what, agree with that. I think it's going to be a lot of Christmas marketing. Oh, but. absolutely, <laughs> and a lot of Avatar marketing. Yeah. 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 All right. What's next? From Ulatan, John Wick, Ethan Hawke, Jack Bauer, Jason Bourne, and James Bond are hired by WB to take in Ezra Miller. Theme Who gets them first? Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt? Oh, not yeah. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> I no, was like, I, why is there Hawk one? Gets him. I, I, yeah, I would say that he, he probably knows Ezra. So Ron Jeremy gets him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going off the rails <laughs> quick. Uh, Bond gets him. Bond could bring in as Bond Miller. just has way too many more international, uh, too much international experience. <laughs> I'll go with Bond gets him. All right, what's next? From Alex Mata, Jason Blum in a recent Deadline interview listed both the Spawn reboot and FNAF as his most anticipated projects releasing next year. Looks like it's coming out sooner than we thought. So Five Nights at Freddy's. I still don't believe that the, uh, I still don't believe the Spawn thing is happening. Yeah. I mean, that, that. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not telling it. you report. John Campion says it's not. No, I, no I'm just saying I, my guess is I don't think it's going to happen. But the I, Five Nights at Freddy thing that I'm very, very excited about. That's going to be. Really I just cool. don't see Blumhouse making a superhero film. I think it'd be too expensive. I mean, they could make a low budget spawn, but they're not going to drop. But but even though I just said I don't think it's happening, it would be horror. Right, right. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, so in, right. you can. I mean, just like Five Nights at Freddy, you can really lean into the comedy, the horror comedy. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I guess you could say Happy Death Day was a little bit of that too. But I love Happy Death yeah. Day, but I mean, so they could do something interesting with it. But I do not believe for one second. If Spawn does happen, I can't see Jason Blum letting Todd McFarlane direct it. And I know Todd McFarlane has insisted from the beginning, I'm going to yeah. direct this thing. It's like, what do you, how do you know, what do you know about directing? But anyway, whatever. All right, what's next? 
from Al Renshaw. Hey, John, which Thomas the Tank Engine would you assign to each member of the John Campia crew? Uh, Batman Beyond crew. Chris is the diesel, obviously. How dare you, Al? <laughs> you know what? I'm the diesel? <laughs> I, while I love that whole aspect of Bullet Train, I don't actually know what any of them represent. I, I don't actually even, other than Thomas and Diesel, those are the only two names I even know. So I okay. So I'm gonna say Rob is uh, Glicto, and I'm gonna say Chris is uh, uh, Mama Caboose. There, those are my train. I'm just made. I don't. Uh, Mama, Mama got a caboose. I'll give you that. Mama Caboose. <laughs> All right. It's the only name other than the engine. The the caboose is the only other name of a car that I know. Dining car. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Sleeper car. Oh, that's Ray. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's the sleeper yeah. car. That's Ray. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, what's next? From In My Humble Opinion Reviews, Bullet Train was so good. Give me 10 more movies like this. The twins were awesome. I had a good time. I, again, listen, I, I do not put it on the level of lock, stock, or snatch, right? I, it's not on that level. But it was a truly enjoyable time I, I i walked out smiling haven't had fun i it's exact the movie accomplishes exactly what it set out to do and is it going to end up on my top 10 favorite movies of the year probably not but it's going to be one of the fun nights out of the theater have you had a chance to check it out yet no i was thinking about going you, to see it today you got to go wait. check it out I, think, I, I i yeah it looks like it's right up my alley does the two-hour frame fit it too is there any slow times because that's what's really i'm struggling on on the is it two like is it all action is it all action is it's it two hours all action all the time but there's always something happening okay like well. even when it's just two characters sitting down talking it feels dynamic oh. right so it's it's pretty good all right what's next from hero 75 if they do a sequel i want it set in winter in world war one or two and in the deep winter we haven't seen a cold weather predator <laughs> That's true, but it's a that predator really in a park. Is that I was just really say that. predators don't hunt the winter? <laughs> yeah, and then I'll leave. I just want like a Fargo predator where he's all bundled up and he's just like, oh gosh, Marge. And and his his then his in the snow his uh his cloak doesn't no he would see the snow and yeah. plus he wouldn't be able to see anything. Remember? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you know anything about the everything would, would literally just be blue. He wouldn't yeah. be able to see anything. <laughs> and if you watch the one. With I always forget the uh, the name of the actor from the piano that I thought was going to be Adrian Brody. Uh, Adrian Brody. If you remember the right, one with the Adrian pianist. Brody, like their ideal game reserve is tropic, warm weather, all that kind of stuff, a lot of fauna, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that one. Although it, it kind of be it, you could make it funny, and the predator comes to Earth to hunt during the winter, and he's like, sucks. Yeah, everything's no way. Yeah, and he's trying to figure it out. You know, yeah, he has him. to hunt in these horrible conditions. He's like, wait, you can see me? Everybody's, everybody's, the surface of everybody's skin would be cold. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's, all right. What's next? From Mr. Taco About It, The Flash will be the biggest predator movie ever. Oh. oh. That's actually not bad. <laughs> not bad. All right. What's next? CJ Rebirth, Super Pets. That pig lady is loco. I don't remember the line. That pig lady is loco. Do you remember it? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't maybe that would help. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Corey Hensley, what if the Flash reshoots were to change the original ending that was supposed to reset universe and allow for a recast? Affleck is now in Aquaman. Okay, so look, here's the thing. Whenever... I cannot stress enough that these reshoots are now standard things that happen with all these movies. Mm-hmm. Because it still happens whenever it comes up, 
that such and such did reshoots, people go crazy. And they're like, oh, what if they decided, because I remember they, they announced they did some Ant-Man 3 reshoots, right? Which, of course, was standard. It was planned. It was ordered. All that kind of stuff. But still, there were people coming out. Well, what if they decided because, you know, this was a popular, they're going to put in this and they were going to change this. And this. It's like, guys, that's not what these reshoots are. They're not for radical, fundamental changing directions of the overall story of a movie. They're little fine-tuned things, little pickup shots. It's very limited in scope. They don't do it for long. They do it for a really short period of time. I, and so... I, no, I really don't think they're they're wholesalely changing the overall direction of the film with a couple of days of pickup shooting or even a week or two of pickup shooting. I don't know. What do you think? I agree. I mean, I think, like you said, it's standard practice now. I think it has more to do with effects or they're, they're augmenting action sequences or things like that. You know, they're not changing the universe. Yeah, right. Now, of course, nothing is impossible. Nothing right. is impossible, but it's just, it's very, you would literally need a couple of months of shoot. Like, if you're going to try to, take the tanker that is the story in the movie and you want to completely change its direction that's more than two or three weeks of pickup shots everything's possible when nothing exists <laughs> that's true when nothing exists i don't care if any possible. of you are tired of this bit i'm committed to it <laughs> all right what's next from tim platt my favorite thing about harley quinn is the random one-liners that have you cracking up for days hashtag electric car oh my god the electric car i think that was season one Where's my goddamn electric car, Bruce? Is still a line I laugh my ass off at all the time. So, and you're right. Again, I t I already said it the other day, but when the lights come on in the orgy scene, and Bane is sitting there just in his gitch, and he's got a giant sub that he's eating. I was just carving up for the fuck fest. I like this. Is these lines that come out of nowhere? Like, I can just imagine how fun that writer's room must be mm -hmm. to just sit down and just come up with all these random lines. And it, but it fits so well. I mean, it's it's so good. All right. What's next? From Velocipaster, Ezra Miller and Army Hammer star in Call Me By Your Meme. Coming soon to a prison near you. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, two very, very different people. Two very, very different people accused yes. of very, very different, very different things. things. I'm pretty sure Army would eat Ezra. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. If you can catch him. Yeah, if you can catch them. All right, what's next? From Nerd on Film, say what you will about Ezra. At least they haven't tried to eat anyone. Uh, that we know of. Yeah, I was but I'm say. surprised. Like with with everything coming out every single man, wouldn't be surprised. I'm really bummed that cannibalism is our bar, though. Now, <laughs> like, listen, I haven't tried somewhere. to eat anyone. You know how bad they can be. Have they eaten anyone? No, yeah. then they're okay. You're hired. Everybody has issues. <laughs> That's part of our hiring process something. now. All right, what's next? From Casey Kingshot, some support. Thank you, Casey. From Jay Master, on August 2nd, Disney gave an update on Noah Hawley and Ridley Scott's FX Alien series being, uh, begins filming in 2023. An FX Shogun series on James Clavel's, on James Clavel's novel will premiere Novelle, in, yep. Novelle. Okay, will premiere in 2023. Yeah, which, listen, it, I, I still, going back, it's now a couple of years ago, but that Disney Investor Day call, that huge, amazing investor where all these bombs dropped, right? With all the Star Wars stuff, that's, of course, where they dropped that amazing thing of of announcing Rogue Squadron being on the tarmac with a life-size X-Wing model there. and all, With all the Star Wars stuff, and that's, of course, where they announced Fantastic Four. With all the Marvel stuff, the thing I got most excited about, without question, was the announcement that they were doing Shogun. I have been asking for Shogun as long as I've done this. I mean, it's it, the, my two favorite miniseries of all time are The Winds of War and Shogun. 
I was going to say Winds of War 2. Oh, man, I... And the Shogun miniseries holds up. Yeah, it does. You can borrow my Blu-ray if you'd like. You I might I might actually have to 5. do that. You should. It's, re it's really good. Is All right. That, is What's Winds next? of War, is that like associated with War and Remembrance? Yes. Okay. Winds of War is the first part in War and Remembrance uh, is the second. By the way, do you know what next month is? September? Yoko, Yoko, yes. Yoko Shimada, it, who played the love interest in Shogun, it's her birthday. And I think it's September 15th is Talk Like Yoko Shimada Day. I've not even heard of these uh, oh holidays, but God. I'm going to mark them down. All right, what's next? <laughs> From my love for movies, some support. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Soothius, though he seemed young and cocky, Feral Predator is the most wicked uh, Yatusha out there from any other movies. Tall, lean, very nimble, and a great fighter. There was there was something more visceral about this, this Predator than we've seen. And I like the fact that they don't make the Predators just carbon copies of each other. Yeah. They each have their own different personality, their own their, their own different preferences, how they hunt, what they want to do. And I think that's good for the series as a whole, but it really worked in this one, like very, very well. All right, what's next? From Casey Mack, look out Lord Voldemort. There's now a new evil chief in the latest trailer of The Menu. I saw the new menu trailer and it looks very interesting. Love Anya Taylor-Joy. I have not seen the new trailer. I haven't either. I didn't know there was one. I saw the new posters. But... So I'm going to have to look that up because, again, I've been saying for a long time, once Gary Oldman won his Academy Award for playing Churchill, the new world's greatest actor without an Academy Award on his mantle to me is Ray Fiennes. Yep. I mean, he's, he's the guy without. So once he gets that Oscar on his mantle, then they'll go to somebody else. I'm not sure who else yet, but it'll go to somebody else. So you just put him in for Anya Taylor-Joy kind of rules the world right now, which is amazing. She's great. And you put Ray Fiennes in there. And that first trailer was just creepy. And as a guy who's a food guy, I'm sure Ray's probably going to get into this one too, uh, but maybe not for long. But I, I, I will go and check it out. I haven't seen the new trailer yet. Thank you for putting that on my radar. Army's got it pre-ordered. Pre <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, from Casino Reviews. The only good news about HBO Max from last Thursday is that the anime film Bell is now on there. Everyone needs to check out this beautiful film. Yes, they do. I've still never seen it. <gasps> so good. It's you so, kept so telling good. me about this. I got to watch it. Oh, I really so do need great. to check that out. I listen to the soundtrack on my drive here. It pumps me up. I can <laughs> right. love it. What's next? From Wraith X7. I would like to see the Hadza tribe from Africa fight the Predator. I mean, that's the thing. Now, everybody's like, now drop him in this scenario. Now drop him in this scenario. Now, again, it's, look, if you, none of it matters unless you come up with a compelling character and a good story around them. That's okay, because you can put them in anything. Like, I want to see a predator dropped on Hoth and fight Tauntauns. Uh, like, you could do the that. Wampa. Or the Wampa. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. I'd watch that fight. If you come yeah. up with compelling characters and tell a good narrative gets invested in them, then that'll work. So that could be an interesting one, too. All right, what's next? From Marie Seifring. Finished hey, thanks for that, Marie. Appreciate oh, wow. that $20 super chat. Thank you. Finished episode nine of season three for All Mankind. Season finale this Friday. Hoping for post-show discussions for season four. Yes, Danny will get someone killed. Thanks. All right. So we actually, we had a, a programming and production meeting yesterday. Season four of For All Mankind will absolutely have after shows. We will be doing after shows for All Mankind season four whenever it comes out. And it'll probably be Rob and Ray that'll be hosting yeah. that. So, uh, so yes, when it comes, rest assured, Marie, when season four comes, that'll happen. So, like, did did you get a chance to finish the season yet, Ray? No, the last episode is tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, I, no, the tomorrow, right, drops yeah. tomorrow. All right, well, we'll get your uh, take on it once that comes out. 
All right, what's next? From Jordan Patterson, favorite TV show you know isn't the best, but you connect with? Supernatural. Oh, that's mm. a good one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the best show, but they just... I just love hanging out with the boys. I, mm. I I just I have a lot of fun just watching it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So that's for me. What about you guys? Manifest, yo! Oh my god! <laughs> I thought you hate watch that show. Well, it's it, it's an abusive relationship, and it turned into love. That's <laughs> an abusive relationship Aww. that turned into love. All right. <laughs> I love me some Manifest, and, and apparently it's doing very well on uh, Netflix. Good Your relationship them. with Manifest sounds like an Army Hammer relationship. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't get tied up by Manifest though. <laughs> Darn it. Do you have one, Chris? I really liked this little show, A to Z. I thought it was just a real cute, meet cute comedy. Got canceled after one season. Uh, all right, what's next? From Bobby Jackson. I found out Prey on Hulu is a result of a pre-Disney Fox deal made with HBO to release it there after the theatrical run. Once Disney took over, they went straight to Hulu to avoid it going to HBO. I also... I remember when this movie was announced, though, I, I mean, I don't think they, because of the failure of The Last Predator, I don't think they ever planned on putting this in theaters. No, I'm sure they didn't. I mean, they may have had contingencies for like blanket deals of content for what would go to HBO, but I do not believe they ever planned for this. Thing. Now, listen, I, I have not sat down, you know, over drinks with Jason Kalar and find out exactly what the motivation. So, I mean, I'm not saying for sure, but my understanding, which which could be wrong. My understanding was that this was never going to go to theaters uh, just because of the results of what happened with the last one. They didn't think anybody would go to see it. All right. What's next? From Yander Prid, what happened with the Ms. Marvel showing in Pakistan? No idea. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know what we're sure. talking about. They were, they were releasing it theatrically. Oh, oh yeah. I can't remember that. They were going to release it in theaters. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So honestly, I don't know what happened with that. I have no idea. Good question, though. All right. What's next? From Velocipastor again, WBD should reboot the entire DCEU and start fresh. Maybe. I mean, listen, here's the problem, though. The time to do that was like three or four years ago. And it's difficult now because you have like a billion dollar franchise in Aquaman. You've got, despite what happened with Wonder Woman 84, you still have a very successful, very relevant Wonder Woman franchise going. Um, and, and so it's difficult. Maybe they do. And there's still some really good wisdom in just saying, let's just start with a clean slate. Let's just wipe the slate clean. Let's give whoever the czar is going to be at DC, because they still haven't announced who's going to be running the DC studio now. But let's give that person a complete clean slate. No baggage they have to deal with. Nobody else's castings. Nothing else. Just bring in the new person. You got a clean slate. Make the universe you want. I don't I don't think they're going to, but there's still some wisdom in that, I think. Right. Rob, what do you think? You know, I yeah, but I think that look, Aquaman is a billion dollar franchise. Joker, I mean, it's not part of the universe. Still a billion dollar franchise. It, you've got Black Adam and you've got Shazam coming out that are also Shazam's probably gonna do better than the first one. And I, I think look, if I was in charge of DC, I'd I'd make Kingdom Come. You know, and Kingdom yes. Come is what you lead up to because it's it the main your main characters are aging, you know, they're older. That's the mm -hmm. whole point of it. And you could keep everybody they've got. You could keep Ben Affleck. You could keep Henry Cavill as the older versions of the characters. And the new young whippersnappers, the, the TikTok generation of superheroes is coming up. And that's where that conflict comes from. And that would be dope, dude. Yeah, that would. Here's be. the problem. The idea of making a kingdom come, oh, obviously, that's that's great. It's an Avengers, you know. It's, it's But you'd have to then do three to four years of an already failed cinematic universe to try to get to that point to make that movie. I mean, that's that's the problem. You can't just like 
drop a Kingdom Come movie in a vacuum, right? No, but I mean, those characters already exist. You've got an Aquaman movie coming out, you know, and and I think that you 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 wouldn't even necessarily have to make another Superman movie. You could just bring Henry Cavill back, you know, and, and he's working on his farm in Kansas, you know, <laughs> and in Smallville. I mean, just like yeah. the comic, because the comic did such a great job of that. Yes, I, I don't think there, I, I don't think that's realistic. I think at best, what you do is you do a Kingdom Come the way you did Joker, which well, is, yeah. and this is a totally, you 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 cast a totally different super, old man Superman, a totally different old man Batman, a totally different all these guys, just make it a one shot. Actually, you do that movie in two parts. So you do those two movies, you do, you know, um, uh, part one and part two, yeah. and you put them out, but like, it becomes really problematic for what you would have to do. Like I said, with an already failed cinematic universe. Right. Well, but it, it, but it, but still, I mean, it, it's not totally a failure because no, no, there are parts of the Aquaman, <coughs> like yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I think they could make if they made a Henry Cavill Superman movie, you know, and it was more call it a brighter film, more hopeful. That movie could do really, really well. Maybe. 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 You just know, I maybe. want it. You know, I want it more than anything else. But just because I want it doesn't mean I'm right. gonna. So I, I yeah, it's I don't know if they believe it. By the way, all reports of the Warner Brothers would like, but I, I just don't think you can take the existing cinematic universe the way it is and build that one up to Kingdom Come. Man, if that they works. can get this Ezra Miller Flash movie out, they can do anything. <laughs> they can do anything at that point. All right, what's next? I was about to cut to me looking at my watch. <laughs> <laughs> from Jax, some support. Thank you so much, Jax. Seconds from Disaster. Kind of sad it took Disney to make a good Predator sequel with people... Uh, which people were very worried about. Does its success give you hope for the Alien franchise? I mean, totally different groups of filmmakers, totally different property. But yeah, the fact that that they were able to take, well, and let's, I, I think this was already in motion before the takeover. Yeah. But like, hey, listen, it got shepherded under it. So, I mean, it gives you a little bit more hope. I'm not going to say guarantees anything, though. Rob, what do you think? I mean, Noah Hawley's making this alien. I love Noah Hawley's work. I think he's great, too. I thought Legion was great. I, uh, you know, Fargo He was is, close to doing a Doctor Doom movie. I, yeah, I know. And I think... And he was also going to do a Star Trek movie at some point. Right. And I... I look, if anybody could do a good show... I don't, I don't like the idea that an alien franchise thing is set on Earth. I mean, I don't, I don't like that idea. But if anybody can make it good, he can. All right. What's next? From My Comic Planet, sending in a $20 Thank chat. you, My Thank Comic. You. The first six episodes of Sandman are astounding. Episode six was the best TV I've seen all year. However, seven through ten take, a, take such a different turn that they simply can't live up to the incredible first half. So just be prepared for that. Well, you were mentioning that, Rob. You were mentioning that you've heard a bunch of people saying they didn't like the second half right. of the show. Like, right, because like for me right now, the show's firing on all cylinders. I'm only four episodes in. But does it take a, a distinct tone shift oh, yeah. in the last uh, couple it's, of episodes? It's incredibly different. But but to me, I guess as a Sandman fan, I knew that was coming. Right. You know, and the first and the first uh, those first episodes are all. They're just different. They're just different. And I will say this. Episode six is as good as it gets. I will say this, though, when I'm watching episode one. And the guy pulls up to the manor, knocks on the door, and the kid answers. And he says, you're here to see the Magus. I expected to see a Ferengi. I kept expecting to see him walk around the that's corner. Nagus. And, oh, that's the Grand Nagus. That's yeah. right. But when they say, you're here to see the Magus, I'm like, fucking Ferengi is going to show up here? The Grand Nagus. You're right. But I will say this. I, I think that, if anything, it is a very, very 
big tonal shift. But I really liked it, and I think it it sticks the landing. All right, what's next? From Connor Dorian. Hello, John. According to Walter Hamada, they were building up to crisis on infinite Earths. I haven't seen that quote, but I, I mean, I wouldn't... Listen, I, I'm sure they had some long-range plans. I'm, I'm sure they had some long-range ideas and long-range plans. Uh, but, I mean, if it turned out to be anything like the crisis they did on CW, no thank you. Yeah, I mean, the problem with that is you have to have infinite Earths to have a crisis on. You know, in the DC comic universe, you had the Justice Society. You had the Justice League crossovers with the Justice Society for decades. So when they did that, it was a big deal. But you can't have... They did it because of their convoluted mythology, and they don't really have that. They can't well, even, they, can't depending on how many years they were planning on building up to that, I mean, they true. could have incorporated all that in. But they'd have to have. They can't even get one universe right. No, I agree. Yeah, much yeah. less. I mean, but again, universes. like, and I feel bad for Walter Hamada because, again, he steps in and they initially tell him, "Okay, you're going to kind of overlook this." Two months later, Anna Sarnoff says, "No, no, now we're going to have a committee of six people." And you get to be on it, Walter, but, and ultimately she was the chairman of all that. And it's like, he never really got a chance to make no. the one that he wanted to make. So it'll be interesting to see if he does. There's some stories that he wants to leave, but now the new heads of Warner Brothers are saying they want him to stay. Yeah, Mike so, DeLuca and... Um, yeah, they're saying they want him to stick around. I don't know that they're offering him the reins of DC, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it all works out. All right, what's next? From Sheriff Muhammad, excited for Dota Dragon's Blood Season 3. Congrats, yeah. John. It's bonkers. Sorry about Marcy from last season, but you're going to like Season 3. I still, It is funny because you're talking about how long this stuff takes. Because I don't mind saying it felt like a couple of years ago that you're saying I'm currently working on something that's going to come out in about two years. Uh, it, I was. We yeah. started in 2019. On season three, yeah, and, yeah. and, and uh, well, on see all the all the seasons, okay. and 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 we, I mean, I don't think, I think it was about a year ago, but and the the I I consulted on the sound mixing, but but it was a while ago. All right, what's you know? next? From T.J. Thomas, if Harley Quinn gets another season, we can get another season of Young Justice. Can't <laughs> except be one's one. good and one isn't. Oh, <gasps> it's fighting words, son. <laughs> No, just, just, just kind of my take. Sorry, just kind of my take. I mean, was the last season not that strong? Yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, from the Mad Titan, there's an anime movie by my favorite director coming out tomorrow. It's called Inuo. All I know is it's about a blind guitar player and it looks trippy as balls. I'd watch that. Blind All guitar right. player, you got me. Yeah. Trippy balls. But I, I, I've never heard of I've never heard of this. Uh, does, do you know anything about it, Chris? No. I don't even know what service is coming out on, mm -mm. unfortunately. All right, but something to thank you for putting on yeah. the radar. Now, now if it comes up again, we'll remember that you said that. Absolutely. All right, what's next? From Yellow CT, 13 Lives is amazing. Highly recommended. So good. Yeah, Ann and I were, we, we, we had a discussion amongst ourselves. Okay, do we want to watch this 13 Lives thing or do we want to keep watching Sandman? And we opted for Sandman. Yeah. So we, we were going to get through Sandman. We'll get to that <laughs> at some point. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, Bernthal has said he would come back only at a specific level of darkness. So if Feige's not doing R-rated content, I don't see it happening. Yeah, Bernthal will come back. If if, if, if Kevin Feige gives John Bernthal a call, he'll come back. He, he, I think that's Bernthal saying that, already knowing that they're not doing it. Um, And and I think that that gives him some, some wiggle room there. But yeah, I think if Kevin Feige gave him a call and said, we would like you to come back and play Squirrel Girl, I think he's going to come in and play Squirrel Girl. Isn't he in the, he stars in the American Gigolo TV yes, series. Yes, which looks great. It looks great. The trailer I, for that looked amazing. Can't wait. So I'm very, very excited. He's so good. I, I've, man, I didn't love him in Walking Dead, 
didn't I, I'm going to admit I didn't love him in Walking Dead, but everything I've seen him in post that, whether it's like even small roles like in Wind River, like the, the guy just he just brings so much. Like he's just incredible, and I love his Punisher series. Love it. All right, he was in the next? accountant too, right? Wasn't it? Was did he play his brother or something like that in the, in the accountant? Oh, in the accountant, yeah, 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 he plays like he plays Affleck's brother, and which Baby is like Driver. I've been dying for them to do part two of that. I know, and like I want to see what happens after the ending of that movie with the brothers together again. Oh God, I want that movie so bad. All right, what's next? From In My Humble Opinion Reviews, question about screenwriting: Do screenwriters stay on the project to see it through, or do they just write it and move on to the next? <laughs> I most of the time they're done. Like once the once the final draft is approved and all that kind of stuff, they move on. Sometimes, especially when you got a situation where like the director is also one of the writers and stuff like that. Rob, what's your experience been like? Well, I mean, with studio pictures, you've got like three or four screenwriters now. Very seldom does one writer get to stick with a project. I mean, sometimes writers will stay on and the whole production, and they'll 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 do production rewrites as they're moving along. Like they did that on Superman Returns and X Men Two, um, but nowadays studio studio movies have like many different screenwriters, other than someone like Chris McQuarrie, who's an auteur. You know, he writes and directs. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. What's so. next? From Raymond Verada, do people need a Netflix prenup? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that means. Like, well, you get your money back if you don't like it or something. Or I feel like you should have some kind of Netflix agreement about what you stream with each other. Yes. So you're not cheating oh, on Anne with your television show. I mean, uh, oh, look at Anne. Yeah. Your marriage could have ended on a tenuous yeah. thing. Ray, Ray, Ray puts I mean, my relationship in danger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, I, yeah. I just wanted to watch Sandman. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> All right, and next? you almost caused the end of a marriage. <laughs> From Ulatan, the Predator set in the time of the Northmen. So this is like the seventh thing about Predator set in this time. <laughs> and and all of them are good. That time. <laughs> and all of them are good, yeah. Predator against Vikings? Hell, man. Sure. Make, make Predator and Gladiator match those then up. There's Roman oh, Empire time? They come down to fight in the, the arenas. Ulatan clarified in the chat, it should be the Predator versus the Northman. Yeah. I mean, again, like Predator versus Vikings, go for it. All right, what's next? <laughs> from Hut 359 the background news isn't that shocking if you remember that WB locked the Warner Brothers and their sister Dot in the water tower for decades okay either it was Hunt or Hunt just stole a comment that somebody left on one of my social media either it oh. was Hunt that did uh, left that same comment there but yeah I I got I like that one a lot solid Animaniacs reference I, I, I always appreciate a good Animaniacs reference mm-hmm. that one's good alright what's next from Adam Henson he choked, uh, they choked a girl one day, a girl one day, and then black clouds in the sky, black clouds in the sky. Ezra walks in and steals all my gin. We don't talk about Ezra. No, no, we don't talk about Ezra. <laughs> I'm like, where are to we the... going with this at first? <laughs> and it kind of became. We don't talk about Bruno. Demonetized. And yet, unfortunately, yeah. we're having to talk about Ezra all the time. I cannot wait for this movie just to come out. By the way, I wanted to throw in one other thing. Mm-hmm. In that in that Hollywood Reporter quote, uh, let me just read this part again about the thing is that... Um, uh, DC nor Zaslav has indicated that the film will move from its June 2023 release date, though insiders are saying the studio is still evaluating all options. They're not evaluating whether or not they're going to release it. I think they're still evaluating whether they just drop it earlier yep. before Ezra can get into more yeah. trouble. Yeah. Like, just get this, just this thing ready and put it out. Well, why does it need, at this point, why does it need to drop a year from now? I think there's some storylines in the next movies that connect to it. I know I think they gave up on that I think I think they gave up on what the storylines were and I honestly think that they moved it that far out to try to put some distance between the controversy of Ezra and <laughs> oh, when wow. the movie drops he keeps catching up but Ezra is like syphilis man it them. just keeps on giving <laughs> and it just it's just 
so now they're at the point where it's like, well, you know what? Maybe the longer we wait, the worse it's going to be. Yeah. Just Probably get it sure. ready to drop and drop it. So I think, I, look, I think at the end of the day, it comes out June of 2023. I think at the end of the day, it does. But I really do think they're contemplating the idea of just dropping it early. At least they should be. All right, what's next? From the cotton ball and John Campia's belly button, Obi-Wan lifts up a bunch of boulders and throws them at, at Vader. Me. This rocks. <laughs> Get it? Oh, boy. No, that's 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 not good. No no drum shot for you on that's that. That's too on no, no drum shot for you on that one. Rework it. What's next? Yeah, take it back, take it back yeah. to the workshop. Rework yeah. that one. All right, what's next? From My Comic Planet, Oscar Isaac is open to returning to Star Wars if there's a great story and a great director. Um, that's asking a lot these days, Mr. Isaac. <laughs> and burn. I don't think they have Ooh. any interest in going back to Poe Dameron. I don't think that, honestly, they'll say some nice platitudes. I do not believe we're ever going to see Poe, Ray, or Finn again. I, I, unless they it's did, an animated form. They didn't do anything form. with Poe in the, in the sequel show. And Oscar, I think they make another um, movie. Yeah, I, yeah so no. I he can do whatever he wants right now. The man is solid. No, but here's the thing. You don't write a Star Wars movie just to accommodate an actor. I mean, and and I don't think they ever want to go back to that again. And the way they they did it without a plan. I mean, it could have been great. These were in principle. These are three really interesting characters. And if they just had a plan when they start any plan, any fucking plan when they started it, it we wouldn't have ended up with the rise of Skywalker. But that's just me. Uh, I mean, right. years ago, after the uh, after the first movie, um, when, when they when they were talking about um, the second in this in, in the trilogy. I didn't realize, like, I, I thought, oh, well, clearly you had this written, you know, after the first, and there's a path. And when I found out, I'm like, oh, no. And clearly, that was yeah. a bad Yeah, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they needed the scripts for all three movies written before, but you got to at least idea? basically have a general idea and direct, and they clearly didn't. And that became, I made an entire 30-minute editorial on The Rise of Skywalker that basically points out, that the lack of a plan ultimately led to every single problem that that ultimately culminated in the rise of Skywalker. But anyway, let's move on. What's next? From Velocipaster, watch The Chosen. Which one's The Chosen? I don't know. Yeah, I can't Jesus. remember that. It, yeah, it, it, but it's not what it is. It's like the, there's supposedly a really good religious show. Is it a religious culture? Show that, no. But it's supposedly good. All right. What's next? Uh, Luke Stockton sending in $20. Thank workout. you, Luke. Luke. Watch Blackbird this weekend. I could not stop watching. Taron Edgerton is fantastic, but oh my God, Paul Walter Hauser is amazing. He comes across so creepy, but plays it to where I even sometimes felt bad for him. Yep. I loved this series. I'll tell you what, Paul Walter Hauser, Hauser you just go back to I, Tonya. Like, I mean, he's been around a lot. He's mm -hmm. been around a lot, but it was I, Tonya that I went, this guy's really good. And then did Clint Eastwood d direct the one that um, about the Atlanta City Olympics bombing? Uh, yes. With, yes. So, like, so he then takes his turn in there, with an Academy Award winner playing his mom, and then. Oh, wait, I don't know if Clint Eastwood directed that. The I can't remember. Wahlberg, I can't remember. Yeah, but I can't remember if Clint Eastwood directed Patriots or not. Patriots Day or whatever. I don't think what was it called? Patriots Day? No, 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 no. We're talking about the, the Atlantic not, City, not the, the, bombing, Olympics. the bombing, the Olympics, the Olympic oh, bombing, the, the park right, bombing, right? right, right. Yes, and where he yes. played, there was. I was the, thinking the Boston Marathon bombing. Right. So, I mean, he was great in that. He's even really funny. In what little I saw of him in uh, freaking what's the name of that stupid show? Uh, uh, Cobra Kai. Um, <laughs> he's, he's amazing. In, he in was Black great Man. in Kingdom, the MMA yep. show. He was really good in that. I mean, the, the dude is just a boss, but you've been liking the show. I, I love I watched all of it. It's great. And Taryn 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 Egerton should be Wolverine. 
It should be. It All right, be what's boring. next? From Joe uh, Randa- Randazzo. Is that how you say it? Randazzo? Sure. Um, predictions for D23? None. I that, just thought they're going to drop huge bombs. A lot bombs. of Disney Pain. stuff. <laughs> huge bombs. Pain. My prediction? Pain. It's a nice Rocky Three reference. Yeah, just, uh, it's going to be, uh. it's going to be crazy. I think they're just going to drop massive, massive bombs. All right, what's next? A lot of Disney stuff. So stupid. Uh, do you have thoughts with the D? If pro is the opposite of con, what's the opposite of constitution? Next. <laughs> J Master, the Orville is now streaming on Disney Plus US, and I have begun watching it from season one, and I love the series. I don't love the series. I'll be honest. I like it. I like it, but it's very hit and miss. Like up until this most recent season, which they totally changed the show, but the first number of seasons to me were like some episodes would come out and be like, that was great and really funny and really good. And then they would have episodes. It's like, wow, I just wasted 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it was like that. And then they got into this where they totally changed directions. Now, now it's not a comedy anymore. They, they totally changed. They're like, we Season are no three longer is really good though. We are no longer a star Trek spoof. We are a direct star Trek ripoff. Yeah. But you know what? They do it pretty good. It's really good. They do it pretty damn good. It's, this is a good season of television. Uh, they had one or two episodes that I thought were kind of sleepy, but other than that, like it, it, it uh, ended well. It's yeah, it was really quite good. I, I'm really impressed. They put it on Disney plus too. Yeah. All right. What's next from SUNY. Hey Rob, love your show. Nuff shirt. Just don't be out there catching bullets with your teeth. <laughs> People do not give the, everyone's forgotten. Barry Gordy's the last dragon. Dude, that's show enough. Yeah, dude. Come on. I mean, uh, it's, that's an old, it's an old movie. 1980, what? 85. Let's do for movie club. Stuart from Movie Club. <laughs> All right, what's next? From Don J. HBO Max announced Pennyworth now has a new title. Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's butler. That is stupid. Is that true? I believe, I think I heard that this morning. I think I heard that this morning. Because that's a dumb, dumb title. Now look, I, I, here's what I do get. If you're not steeped, there's a lot of people who know Batman, but do not know Alfred's last name is Pennyworth. Right. Just call and Alfred, man. You just, yeah, you just call a show Pennyworth. I think a lot of people will have no idea what that is. I have no idea. It's, 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 what is it called? Pennyworth, the saga of... The origin of Batman's Batman's butler. butler? Or something like that. That's a stupid... But like, I get it. That's like a comedy, and Pennyworth isn't a comedy. No, no, it's not. And it's, by the way, Pennyworth is pretty good. It is pretty good. But and so I get it that a new title is not a bad idea. That new title is a bad idea. But whatever. Wow. What's next? Yeah, that needs um, rework too. The Peacock of DC. Um, in my humble opinion, reviews got some of Rob's joygasm on me. I guess I gotta watch Sandman now. You do. Yeah. I mean, I, listen. I get, I'm only four episodes in. I'm really like. <laughs> Look. I'm really liking it a lot. All right. What's next? Hey, my joygasm. It, it has a wide range, <laughs> wide reach. All right. What's next? Honchos. From Timothy Carter, Predator in the Wild West. It can have Comanche ties and be part Western. We're just going to keep going with this. Yep. I'm down. Just did so I miss down. something? That's Why it. did Ray find that so funny? I feel like oh, I missed a because joke. Because it's continually just, yeah, oh, doing that. Put them there. Put them there. I mean, they're already there. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of already there, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's that. All right, what's next? Uh, let's see here. From Myla for Movies, I loved Sandman, but one observation. I guess there are no straight people in the world of Sandman. LOL. Well, you know, it, it, that was that was inherent in the comics as well. Yeah. It's called the, the people, a lot of the people in the Sandman are fringe. I'd call them fringe. They're alternative, you know, all kinds of alternative, alternative creatures, 
But my question is, why would you care? Yeah. Yeah. If it's a good character, it's a good character. I agree. I mean, so I, I don't know why that's an issue. Anyway, guys, is that it, Jonathan? That's all. Woo. That'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campion Show, thank you so much, guys, for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all of you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. Even when there were some attempted jokes that didn't quite land. But that's okay. You took a shot at it. It's the fact that you tried. That's important. Uh, but you also, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you so very much for that support. So I want to thank everybody who's in the room, of course. Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, Chris Carr, the one and the only Ray Aura, running the show today, producer Jonathan Voico, uh, and myself, John Campia. Guys, don't forget the John Campia Show returns again tomorrow. Ooh, and an announcement. An announcement. There is a mailbag today, and it is the final mailbag. <gasps> Damn uh, it. Yep, there will no longer be mailbags uh, anymore. So there's going to be a mailbag episode today. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a mailbag episode today, and it is going to be the final mailbag episode. Uh, David Zaslav gave me a call, said we're cutting oh, mailbag. No. Yeah. Um, now we are replacing it with something else, but we will talk about what we're replacing with a little bit later. But yeah, there will be no mailbag. So today is the final mailbag uh, that you're going to see on the channel. Anyway, so cry. make sure you tune in and watch that and make sure you come back and join us again for the John Campy show tomorrow. So that'll do it for us for now, guys. Thank you so much for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.